0: I'm not afraid of
1: Welcome to episode 23 of Zapped to the Past. My name is Adrian Mills and I am joined as ever by Graham Raddings. If you haven't listened before, this is a podcast where we discuss games that were released for the Commodore 64. We are using the magazine zap 64 as a monthly guide for the games to focus on, but we are in no way affiliated with zap 64 itself. In episode 23, which covers the cold and rather wet month of April 1986, we're going to be looking at the first batch of games from issue 12 of Zap64, along with what was going on in UK music that month. Graham, tell us exactly what we can expect in this episode.
2: In this twisty-turny-whodunit of an episode, we clomp around the place with mecha dinosaurs in Zoids, totally avoid time travel with Back to the Future, and go full-blown super sci-fi with Starship Andromeda, We also get clothes lined with Rock and Wrestle, bleach our eyes clear with Joey the Germ, polish our rusty sheriff's badges with Laura the West. Yeah. And finally, settling on the raccoon based bakery terror of Comic Bakery. Somebody poisoned the waterhole. All right. Wasn't me, though.
1: Ah, great. A lot to look forward to there. So let's crack on. And our first game this month is, well, it was a cover. It was a cover game the other month, but it wasn't actually reviewed in that issue. I can't remember which was it. Was it 11? 10? Something like that. I can't remember. Like I can't remember because it's not on the it's not on the cover this month. Because the cover the cover's weird this month, isn't it? It's a strange old cover. A little bit odd. A little bit odd. Yes. Yeah, I think uh, Oliver Frey and the Wild Boys and Julian Rignall in some kind of. Strange mashup. It's a bit like that. And isn't a Commodore it? sixty-four. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Wild Sounds, Wild Boys. It is what it is. But what it certainly isn't, because we had that the other month, is a Zoid. It's definitely not a Zoid no. because that's our first game of this episode. It's Zoid from Martech. And Zoid's got a whopping ninety six percent. Ooh, it was a big score. It's a big one. It's not quite a gold medal, but, but then again, it's a big do one. we know
2: what really means gold medal now? It's all been it's all gone to part now.
1: It has, yeah, seen as ball blazer got 98. Who, who knows? Who, who, I have no idea. Anyway, Zoid, what Zoid? what Zoid? <laughs> Zoid. Zoids. What is Zoids? What is Zoids? Explain Zoids now. Go for it. I don't know. I don't know. I'll try my best. Sort of thing. What were Zoids? Let's talk about what Zoids. Zoids were. Um, they were dinosaur toys. Mechanoid dinosaur toy things? Is that that's my recollection. Of them. I never had one. Did you ever have one? Did you ever have a Zoid? No, I didn't. No. Are they like were they in any way like Transformers or were they more I believe that's the kind of pitch.
2: I think they were around if they weren't of that genus, they were around at that time.
1: But they they didn't transform, so they weren't transforming things. No. I think they were they were just dinosaur robots. I think that's what they are. Dinosaur robots. So they were so... dinosaurs
2: in disguise, but not really in disguise
1: at all. <laughs> no. They were just robot dinosaurs. They were mechazoids or something or other. I don't know. Who knows? There's all kinds of zoids. Who knows? Zoids is the game. Zoids is the word. And that's what (laughs) it is. That's not how the lyrics to that song go. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a very different song. Yeah, the zoids. Zoids is the word. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Zoid. Zoids. More. Uh, so, what is Zoid? Zoid is a it's uh, icon-driven real-time strategy. Is my summation of this game. Doesn't shout exciting. I guess. <laughs> so far. Well, <laughs> no. It, I th- so I was a bit nonplussed with this because I didn't quite understand why it got ninety-six percent because I felt this had quite a lot in common. Visuals aside, but how it controlled with Quake minus one that we looked mm. at last time whereas that you know zap were quite down on that they only gave it what 60 odd percent whereas this they're properly raving they're all over it. it's like 96 percent one of the best things ever yeah we love zoids and maybe they did love zoids maybe they had zoids when they were younger i don't know i don't know if zoids were a big thing at this point who knows maybe they had a penchant for metal mechanical I don't mechanical remember dinosaurs. them. I remem-
2: I, for some reason, I remember Zoids, and I seem to th- have vague memories of a cartoon-ish, but I don't remember <laughs> much more about them. I, I don't. I just, I just don't remember coming across a lot of Zoids. None of my friends spoke of Zoids. So this game, for me, is a bit of an anomaly, really, but there you go.
1: It's a weird, it's a strange one, because it, it basically puts you... So what is this game? It's a real-time strategy, and you control a zoid. But what this game also is, is it's bloody hard. Let's not beat around the yes. bush. Let's just get that in at the beginning. This is a hard, old game. You will die repeatedly, a lot, frustratingly, a lot. You will die. This is like a preempt Dark Souls. That is not this on the box. This is way harder. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? You will die a you, you lot. You will die repeatedly. <laughs> <Is> that, <laughs> you do? Might put you off, I don't know, maybe... It, it could very well do. People like to challenge about then, you know, they about about we'll one game a month, as I mean. Insane <clears throat> levels of
2: difficulty. Anyway, carry on.
1: Yeah, it is. So the, the, there's this, there is a story behind this, and I'll see it quick, quite quickly. There's some kind of terrible war with some... A race of people who created dinosaurs, and obviously there was a, a meteor shower that turned them mechanical or, and turned them alive, or something. There was a big war, and they kicked them off the planet. And the red Zoids went off to somewhere else and became something else, and came back. And then they, all the people died, and there was only blue Zoids left, or something. And the red Zoids kicked the blue Zoids' asses. As, as you do. It's kind of reminded me of that um, old advert when the red car and the blue car had a race. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> yeah, because that was it's red uh, and blue. What so, what's that for? The red car and the blue car had a race. Uh, what was it? Was it, uh, re- old 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 it was a. Smiled blue he took. Old blue it was, he milky took way. the Milky Way. Tug Smile blue he took Milky Way. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, for some reason, when I was making my notes on this, that song popped into my You're head. Because red and blue. I went, and light. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good advert. <laughs> It. Anyway, <laughs> it was nice animation. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> so what happens is, in a bizarre twist of fate, just as the Reds are about to achieve victory, Earthman appears. Ah. <laughs> don't know i don't know why it's usually what happens in these things Earthman appears and he learns the ways of zoid does. (laughs) i'm not making this up by the way (laughs) this is the story anyway he concocts a plan i think it's him something along the lines he does a plan to create zoidzilla which they'll put together which will be the greatest of all the zoids and then we'll come back and then we'll kick the red zoids ass but as normally happens in these in these kind of things it gets blown to bits and eight parts of it scatter around and end up getting picked up by the Red Zoids and buried under their cities. But you, the Earthman, and a Tank Zoid manage to mind meld and go off to find these eight parts of Zoidzilla and thus the game begins. So the game is icon driven. There are three parts to this screen that you'll see. A lot of black space on this screen though. Um, A lot of empty space because the actual action kind of only takes place in like the middle ninth. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to split the screen to three by three, you've got the middle, the middle square. You know, the one you always take in the first when you're playing knots uh, and crosses or tic-tac-toe, or whatever. You take that one, sort of thing. So that's where the action takes place. So you're in the middle of the uh, tic-tac-toe board, knots and crosses board. In there is a map. Quite a simplistic map. There's some yellow dots, which is a yellow dot, which is you. There is some yellow triangles, which represent, I think, mountains. And then there are some crosses, which represent objects. There are circles. There are red stuff, which are the red zoids. And essentially, you just got to wander around. By clicking on it, a little window will pop up. You pick a direction. You wander off. You will run into stuff. It will kill you. And you will restart. That's kind of what this game is. There's a lot going on. There is, you know, it's quite a lot. If you can get into it, there's quite a lot of strategy here. There's quite a lot to get your head around. It was created by the Electronic Pencil Company, who we have seen in a previous episode, who because they did the fourth Protocol game. And you can see that this is an evolution of their, you know, their window icon-based tech that they had running on that. It's also similar in, you know, I think there's them and Denton Designs probably developing this kind of window-popping soft, you know, I, you know, know, software in, in conjunction but this is this works quite well things pop up there's lots of windows popping up that tell you stuff you there's you can fight with missiles which are Incredibly tricky to uh, control. Um, you have to you have to kind of work out how much fuel you want in them. It's you have, you have a rail gun, which is one of the hardest things I've ever had to call because you've got to drag an icon to the middle of the screen, but it's constantly fighting you. Uh, yeah. Um, you can tr- you can try jamming cities with the ra- with the radio wavelengths, but trying to understand trying to get your wavelength the same as theirs with these weird controls is well uh, while well also all the time being bombed the crap out of by other Zoids, by the Red Zoids. Oh, yeah, it's So hard. This game is so, so hard. And yet you know, there is something here. And maybe it's because it's driven on by a really, really good Rob Hubbard piece of music. I know it's not one of your particular favorites. It is one of my favorites, though. It is one of my favorites of his. I think it's a really good piece because it does suit this game. It really does lend a sense of drama and it has mechanical overtones to it. I don't know. There's something about it that fits this Zoid barren mm. world war landscape whatever but you know this game's not for the faint of heart it's not you if you're going into this and you want to get into this be prepared because this is going to make you you know frustrate you at every turn because it doesn't give you any time it's just instantly you're in and you can't even like oh it will let you get to the first city and maybe warm you up a bit no there's instantly the spiderzoids running about There's mecha charging in there's missiles firing down at you dead it's, oh god there's no clue as to which direction to go in. There's no clue where which cities have Zoidzilla underneath it. I don't know. It's hard. Is it good? I, yeah, I guess it's good in the same way that Quake minus one is. If you want an icon real time action, you know, icon driven strategy game, you'll probably like this. But it is what it is. <laughs> That's. I think I don't. I don't know. What was your, what was your thoughts on it, Graham? You tell because you, I think to have. Uh, I, I can say it's very hard a million more times to keep it nice and
2: simple. I thought that there was an interesting concept in there. There's no, no doubt about that. I was never into the toys, models, whatever Zoids actually was as a thing. I was never into that. No. And it never really came across my radar a lot. I'd heard of them in the same way that I'd heard of He-Man. So I think it passed. perhaps there's a cartoon I've seen somewhere. I don't know. I don't know, quite know how I engaged with it. It wasn't my thing. I wasn't into it. So I, I quite like the idea of wandering around as a kind of a giant mecha monster thing and The icons and the maps and everything else seemed quite uh, interesting enough. And it was engaging. I quite liked the way you controlled it. I wasn't holy sure, what on earth i was doing some of the time i mean i did i did <laughs> yeah. look up some instructions online and so it enabled me to kind of get a bit of a feel for the game it wasn't something a game that i ever played before way back in the day either i'd heard the music like a million times but i never played the game and i wanted to give it kind of a good shot so i wanted my time as a spiderzoid to be fruitful and enjoyable i was going to try and find the six parts of the of the Zoidzilla and, you know, and avoid all those red zoids and do all that stuff. That was my plan. I didn't get to do a lot of that, has to be said, because it's quite hard. <laughs> so I did end up quite. wandering around sort of the <laughs> landscape. As much as you can feel like you're wandering a landscape as a, as a as a pixel, I felt that the scale of the things you were seeing on the screen belied the scale of the thing that you were. And I found that a little bit problematic. So I felt like I didn't feel all the time that I was in control of something huge. Just felt like I was in the control of a dot attacking other dots. I laid some mines. Mm. I'm not wholly sure how, but I did (laughs) lay some mines. I'm assuming for something that would run into them, whatever that might be, it felt like a very tactical lengthy game that if you took the time to get into it and absorbed the world of it and you were into zoids especially you're probably going to get quite a bit from it it wasn't graphically amazing but it had all the component parts of a strategy game that made it quite interesting it certainly had the difficulty of a strategy game that was my key thing it was like it was rock hard so you know i didn't get that far and i'm so spider zoid or not i wasn't going to do well as a zoid in this world i was kind of like a crap zoid (laughs) Yeah, just kind of <laughs> flitting about, just pissing people off and annoying people, getting in the way, like, hey, I'm Spiderzoid, hiya. And they're like, no, you're a rubbish, get out. And I suppose, so the long and the short of it was, I tried my best to enjoy it and part and in part I did, I just felt like it wasn't quite the, I didn't quite get the scale and grandeur of the, of the concept of the thing I was controlling. And I think that's partly because the music has that big stompy, clonky, mechanic feel. It's a, it is a good score in that respect. And it and it is. It conveys that kind of big mechanical, you know, monolithic, in my sense, sort of spiderzoid, whatever that is, but that whole idea of big robotic dinosaur type things clomping around. I get that from the soundtrack. I get that from the kind of descriptions of what you are and everything else. It just didn't quite come across in the game. In the tactical ways that you mm. played the shooty bits and the blowy up bits and the laying mines bits. However confusing that might be, it didn't come across that way. But is it something that's you know this these kind of these kind of strategy games they're, they're they're for an audience that like that kind of that kind of view and they kind of you know they kind of dig it the kind of map view the icons the controlling it and making choices and doing that thing that appeals to that kind of almost like turn based sort of pro, that sort of gamer. Um, I'm just not that mm-hmm. kind of gamer. Now if I'd have been a Zoid. I'd have settled for it being a bit more like Roland's Rat Race, but being a Zoid, just jumping up and down platforms, <laughs> no,
1: no, stomp, God, no. <laughs> stomping on things, just you know,
2: just being Spider Zoid, just chilling out, smashing stuff up, just you know, being a, being an annoying Spider Zoid. In this, I just felt like I was wandering around, bumping into dots. So, and 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 as far as the soundtrack goes, it isn't my favourite Hubbard soundtrack. It's not actually a Hubbard soundtrack. It's it's borrowed. So it's a version of... Oh, yeah, it's a
1: cover. It's a cover, is it? Yeah, it's a it? synergy
2: in yeah. Ancestors. But, and that's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying there anything is. It's just not my favourite Hubbard soundtrack for a game. But that doesn't mean that it isn't good for this game. It is. It's just not my favourite one. It does suit that kind of big sort of mechanical... It has that feel mm. to it. So this for, for the eight you've paid, does it deserve like Sizzler 96? It probably does because it's a bit unique. And I think in there, if you like Zoids especially, I don't know quite know, if, this, if you took Zoids off this and just called it, you know... And an attack of the giant robo Dinosaurs, di- dinos, dinosaurs or something similar. <laughs> dinosaurs, Dinos is good. Dinadors. Di- dinosaurs will work. <laughs> attack of the dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Attack of the robo-dinosaurs. <laughs> ro- attack of the... No, it doesn't have to be a zoid. It could just be a big... It could just be dinosaurs for all the difference it makes. From your point of view, you're controlling a dot, so it's irrelevant really what it is. I just felt mm-hmm. like it was absent of views of zoids. <laughs> could have done with just being a bit more zoidy, but, you know, that's why... It just, it just felt, you know, it, it, it had all of the... It's like all of a costume of a Zoid, but you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, um, uh, Wizard of Oz. You know, when you peel back the curtain, it was just some guy pretending to be a Zoid going, Oh, ch- check out the Zoids. Aren't they? Oh, listen to the music. Look how, listen how big the Zoids are. And so it just felt a bit like that for me. Grand in scope, small in tiny pixel dots. But there's, there's yeah, a game in there for somebody, but, I'm
0: sure.
1: But I, I, I guess, isn't that a case of, The C64 can't do massive dinosaurs, and if it does, they would look stupid. Well, you
2: could do them like William Wobbler, you know, giant wobbly-headed dinosaurs of of medium-res
1: quality. (laughs) Don't. uh, You hate me, don't you? Don't do that. Don't make me think of William Zoid. (laughs) That's awful. Is it? Awful, it may
2: be. What I mean to say is the Commodore 64 is capable of grandeur, albeit blocky
1: grandeur, you could, but this is, I suppose... <laughs> There's nothing grandeur about William Wobbler. It, it, no. As a Zoid, it could have worked. Word. No. <laughs> change out the no, music, change out the sprites,
2: change out the game logic, add the word Zoids.
1: Give it to Tony Crowder. Zoidy there.
2: Wobbler. <laughs> and you've got, you know... Wobbly Wobbly Zoid.
1: <laughs> Wibbly, Willy Zoid Willy
2: Zoid Bobbler
1: Willy Zoid <laughs> sounds like a darts player he,
2: and he probably was and he would have been a, up to the hockey it's Willy Zoid now all he needs is a three dart finish <laughs> but he's only got two darts we don't know why, it, why are you t- what are we talking about it, it, irrespective of, all of those things yes
1: if he was though he'd, he'd, he'd aim his darts like the uh, missile section in the game it'd be really uh, miss constantly yeah, That's well, If it'd be a
2: terrible darts you player you only get one shot and you're dead so, so, so as soon as you, soon as you miss the dartboard, that guy who the scores just comes and beheads him. Like he's dead now. and He keeps
1: getting barred from <laughs> keeps getting barred from many pubs for dro- from dropping mines everywhere. Wow, you're, you're barred.
2: You're barred. Oh, Get really out. out. Get out. Nothing for two in a bed. Nothing. Not even in this game. Um, anyway.
1: Uh, oh, now he's on bullseye. <laughs> well, awesome. So his darts. Willie he, Willie
2: he, will he zoid wobble playing darts on on bullseye. Why not? Look. Why not? <laughs> look what you look look what you could. could have won an upgrade for your spider zoid legs. You crap darts player. That's that. That would have been my response. But that's by the by. Long and the short of <laughs> it was after that bizarre little decision That I thought there was a good game in there, albeit just a bit small on scale, big on ideas. Maybe that's my take on it. I think.
1: No, I, I I agree. There is a there is a good game here. I mean, they've got pedigree with the Fourth Protocol, so there's no no doubting that they can make a they can Very make a good game, game with, with, that icon, with Pro- icons. Icon. That,
2: that would have been mixing the two to have a zoid person trying to infiltrate the Russian uh, secret service <laughs> it would have been a bit obvious wouldn't they because he would have been a giant robotic <laughs> dinosaur but are you sure My comrade is...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't
1: look like you don't look like Russian to you me you don't look like Ivan where is
2: Ivan you don't look like Ivan Ivan did not have giant metallic arms no, the my teeth my name is willy <laughs> and he's there <laughs> willy willy the russian spy <laughs> that is the willy's willy's willy zoids bug <laughs> willy zoidski anyway but wait, What? what anyway it's always good that these games have concepts that can be expanded into other genres and ideas absolutely and It'll make a good sequel and i like to think that we do that but back to the actual game
1: i mean exactly did you get the same thing i just thought you know i just got tired of a controlling a dot, i guess i may be a I didn't mind. I'll be honest. I, I, the visuals I didn't mind because I could belie what it was trying to, you know, represent. So I, I, I get it. Yes, you are just controlling a dot, but I was able to just put that to one side and and picture that this was a massive robot thing that I was mind melded with, and and everything else was going on. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm picturing this like it's some kind of top down satellite type view. Fair enough. And I could belie that. I it just for me. I just ended up banging my head against every city. once I got to a city, it was game over. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and that's that's where I struggled because I couldn't. There was, I like that they have a notion sort of thing. What it, I don't know how they would do it, but they need a quicker way to get out of those bloody windows. <laughs> do you know what get I mean? Get out of the Bloody window, you bloody side, get
2: out like a wasp, <laughs> like an annoying wasp that's coming. <laughs> no, get in out the, go in on, the game, batty with a stick, yeah. get out, piece of paper, just waft at it. Get out the window, go, on, get out. <laughs> Coming in my windows, you bloody side.
1: I know how you feel about that. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So there needed to be a quick, because you go, you, you press on the side, and if you, and then a, another window might pop up saying, oh, this is happening, and you have to move the joystick to get all the way to the edge, the cursor to an edge to get out of them. I don't know what they could have done, whether it was hit the space bar to close it, because she, well, it wasn't fast action. So you could you could have easily pressed the space bar or something, but you needed a quicker way to get out of some of those, the windows. And that's, that's what really I found frustrating yeah that the, the controls were were just a bit too just a bit too sluggish they took and, controlling uh,
2: you know. a robotic giant dinosaur too seriously come on speed it up <laughs> it's quicker gears you know a bit like shimano get shimano gears on it none of these rally gears shimano get the shimanos <laughs> on it drop lever come on or something more advanced than that cuz that shows how old my bicycle knowledge actually is cuz i think now you can you can control them by thought but as long as you think of gear changes in russian
1: in russian absolutely uh good same with zoya changed to second gear <laughs> Tell them in russian oh, no, it's changed to second gear in russian no ski to second ski. <laughs> Do you know
2: that's the best russian of that though it is cuz it can't be far off but i'm sure somebody out there will correct Ain't us sure.
1: I'm sure they will sort of thing, and I'm sure all our Russian listeners have left us. Left it.
2: Anyway, Zoids. Yes, it is good. It's
1: just it's just bloody hard. Yeah, it's
2: hard and it's <laughs> tiny, and Zoids are massive. So. And that's yes. We'll just go so, with uh, that. Go with that logic, and you're mm-hmm. all good.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's Zoid. What have we got coming up next? Well, Zoids was good, and it was certainly better than our next game because Graham. Tell us all about Back to the Future. <laughs> the, the, the
0: game.
1: Yeah, Back to the Future.
2: All that lovely licensing, crazy, all that all that stuff you could make into a game and they managed to pack 32% out of the Zap review for it. Bit disappointing, isn't it? So it's Back to the Future, okay? So it's principally the game of the film. You are Marty McFly, so you're the, the hero of the film and the idea you've tra- time travel to 1955... And you've got to reunite parents and make sure that they stick together, so that your family and everyone doesn't disappear and your timeline isn't destroyed. In the film, this is create in this film it's the same way as the, sorry in the game in the same way as the film. You have images at the bottom of the screen which are photographs, and you've got to complete a series of tasks. You've got to sort of lead people to certain things, use certain pick certain objects up and get them into certain places to do certain things throughout the game in order to sustain the image of you and your family and also to keep the timeline succinct but it's exactly like the film in that respect so to the point when you can keep your parents from together so that they don't not meet and then you don't exist and end of game so it's Back to the Future in all of its thematic. But the problems kind of begin after that. So concept-wise, <laughs> you know, this is a, this is a great concept. It's a good idea, yes. Yeah, based on the film, it's all good. And there are some things that are nice about it. So the, all of that game that I've described is kind of played over kind of left and right scrolling screens. The backgrounds aren't too bad. Um, I actually thought the main sprites in the game are actually quite nicely animated, the way they walk and move around. And you have to wander in around in and out of the buildings kind of collecting objects to use on different people or guide people to doing different things and in doing that that is kind of the game logic and that's sort of where the problem is mainly it gets a bit boring and I felt that there's, there's a lot more you could have done with this game there's so much that happens in that film that there's so many options to make little mini games of little bits I'm sure that with a bit more thought you could do that and not make this kind of a wander around, pick them up, which is what it is. So you play the game and it goes from being Back to the Future to a really bizarre 8-bit version of It Follows. I don't know if you experienced that, <laughs> but I was just being yeah. followed around all the time. <laughs> these characters from the film just periodically killed me. So I was just wandering around. I got, ti- I got tired of being followed by a representation of Marty McFly's, well, it's his young mother, but it's in the film she becomes obsessed yeah. with him. In the game... She becomes equally obsessed with him, but she becomes the it follows creature and just follows them around annoyingly. <laughs> so so it becomes it goes from being Back to the Future to It Follows. And the notion of what happens in the film seems a little bit unrelated to the game at points. So it sort of just takes on a sort of a logic of its own where certain you've got to do certain things in the game to make don't make if if they'd have followed the plot of the film, it would have made sense to do things that are in the film. So you've got to go and put certain things in a certain place and you've got to pick certain things up at certain times in order for things to make sense. But that doesn't really happen in the game. It kind of beats its own drum. And because of that, if you come at it from a, as a Back to the Future fan, it doesn't make any sense because it doesn't follow the film enough for you to be able to make a strategic decisions about the certain objects that you get because you think, well, at what point in the film did you have one of those? And where did he take that? If it was the almanac that you got from the shop, then you have that. And, you, and then you, it gets stuck in the principal's office and you've got to figure uh, but, out another yeah, that.
1: That's in number two, though. Well,
2: yeah, but I mean, there's, 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 the idea of it is that there's, there's things in the, in the game that... Uh, sorry things in the film that they could have made into certain things yes, events they in the game the events in the film sorry that should have happened in the game and they don't happen in either neither the order or the sequence that they do so it kind of sort of sticks to the key big things the sort of the uh, the um, under what's it not I said the underwater dance but the
1: enchantment of the sea, sea
2: dance and some of those iconog- iconographic things from the film are in it but just mm-hmm. you end up just kind of trying to avoid people most often in this game because you're just being followed a lot. So the music was chirpy but annoying. It could have been better versions of the music. The look of the game is quite nice and its graphics are okay. There's some digitisation, early digitization of stuff. I think they'd have been better off just drawing the characters and not trying to sort of do some crap 8-bit scanned nonsense so you get Marty McFly, sort of, and you get some of the other characters, kind of, and it's just like, you know, it's just a bit of a cheap shot to do it that way. I get why they did it, but it doesn't work in this context. So, nice ideas. Some I like the animation of the main sprites, the walking animation, then the way the little, there's little animations on the hair and the way they move is quite nice, but it's devoid of the fun of the film, and the character of the film isn't there, because the events don't match, or the things you need to do don't match, so... What you end up with is just kind of is kind of it follows. And um, and because it becomes it follows, like it follows, you know what? You're gonna end up dead for awful, awful and awkward reasons, none of which are necessarily <laughs> the reasons you set out to play this game. So that was my take on it. Um I think 32% was generous. What the tragedy here is is that this is nine pound ninety five for a really good licensed game made badly. And that's disappointing because there's a lot of there's so much mileage in a back to the future game that you could have done. I mean, I think you control the DeLorean at a certain point in the game. I never got that far, but I think you do.
1: I know, did I? But I
2: think there are parts when you do that, but what point would there be to it unless it's the very final sequence
1: of the game? But I don't know. Did you like Back to the Future as a game? No. God, no. God, no. My first comment is is this. I feel bad that I riffed on this for the name of the podcast. (laughs) 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 That's what I put.
2: Yes, yes, we did a bit.
1: Well, it's up to the past, back to the future. It was one of my inspirations for Quick, the title. go I'm back gonna... in time and change <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm not going to beat around the bush. That's, that's, that was what I thought. Anyhow, this was, to me, this is a Martin Walker game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, and it shows a bit. And it does, because like Rupert yep. before, when he did the first Rupert game sort of thing, It's visually, as you say, I did agree with huh? him. I like the sprites as well. He has a knack for animating nice sprites. And it, and it was that. obviously who they so, were as well. Yeah, but I think this was a thank a thankless task for him mm-hmm. trying to make anything resembling a game out of Back to the Future. I don't think Back to the Future lends itself to a video game in any shape or form. It's not a video game film. It's nothing. You know, the the plot is uh, contrived the, and the difficult. The main story of the film. Yeah, to get it to do something. I mean, what would you do? You would you make like a little sort of rhythm action bit out of the, yeah, enchant- the under the sea. It was bit, missing or, the
2: Libyan or, terrorist shootout at the well, big you know and the things like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, but to me, it's, this was just you know. A, it reminded me of a slightly better that god awful Flintstones. game. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, same sort of logic, you know. Yep. It's same thing that you wander about, you pick stuff up, you watch photos decay or not. I don't know. Sometimes my photos came back, sometimes they went away. Yeah. I, I don't know what I did to bring to do whatever. There's elements of the films there. There's recognizable things, and and it's probably because I know the film, and I thought the sprites were therefore recognizable. I don't know if you'd you know. I don't I don't remember Martin McFly dressed all in red. It was a bit weird, uh, but no, he had red but, on him. He had red on him, but not if you watch that title. You know, if you look at that title screen where he's very grey. Yeah, mistake with those that silly title n- screen. <laughs> why do that? Don't <laughs>
2: digitise yeah, nonsense. Yeah, just draw him.
1: Goodness sake. I mean, it yeah. wouldn't have been hard. Look, oh, well, look how, look how it's not, you know, it's not brilliant by today's standards, but that the Rambo yeah, title yeah, screen yeah, well, is exactly. a really good title screen because they're, they're drawn with colour. Yeah, they're I mean, you've got gray. those
2: <laughs> iconic images as well of Martin Fly looking at his watch, the sort of surprise look. All those back to the future tropes are all there for you to just rich pickings, really, isn't it.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's lots they could have done. Well, I don't, I don't know if they could. I think that, to me, I, I have the impression that the game, what is it, the film came out in December, the game's coming out in April. I have a feeling that this was a, we need a game. Yeah. Get something out. Yeah. We've, got, we've got, you know, maybe it was in production a few months before, I don't know, but yeah. this feels like, I'm, I'm not saying it's as bad as that, but it feels like, yeah, but, don't, but it also has yeah, you're absolutely. It has right. a whiff of
2: ET. Yeah, and then I said to Mike Walker, do you know what? Don't worry about the timeline for making this game. We've got a DeLorean. We'll park it in your drive. If it gets, if it feels like it's getting a bit much, just jump up that to 8, eight miles an hour. Pop back a couple of weeks, and you've got an extra bit of time. The deadline is easy to hit. It's all yours. It's all there for you. Just don't run into yourself, for God's sake. If you watch Primer, no, you won't have seen. Now you need to go to the future for that. Watch go to the Future. Watch Primer, then go back and then don't touch yourself in any capacity.
1: Or, or that's time cop oh god that's even worse it's, it's all kinds of it's if, you messy. Yourself, if you're going to touch yourself you're going to turn into jellied goop yes a really bad cg jellied goop sort of thing <laughs> and then re- uh, enjoy enjoy your uh, goulash 100 a, a, a times <laughs> <A> under times <laughs> but yes i i for some reason have
2: taken you on a wild spinny diversion well, but it's, it's all it's all it's all time travel isn't it, it is
1: there's the problem with this there's the problem with this game there's no time travel not yeah that you've already
2: time traveled haven't you really so you don't go back to the future. <laughs> so, well, you do go back to the future once, but you you did it before you got there.
1: Yeah. See, so to me, this is wouldn't have been as catchy if it was you are in the past. <laughs> well, if you're gonna do the film, at least give me the elements of the film. Yeah. It, like An intro. There could, there could have been there could have been some you know super sprint style nonsense where you were driving around that car park trying to get to 88 miles an hour while avoiding yeah, missiles yeah, yeah. from Libya. Op- like I said,
2: I would, this have, I, would, I would have gone for that. Exactly. Exactly as I say, there's, but, there's, there's moments in that film that could have just made for good gaming, right?
1: Yeah. They could have trying to get trying to sneak into George's house so you can be dressed up as Darth Vader and play the walk from that. End. Yeah, could have been a little stealth simulation. There's loads of bits that could have been done, but this re- seems to me like they had very, very limited time. Yeah, you know, like, like we said, maybe with Rambo, these things are on a short time limit. Mm. The film's out, the game has got we need the game yeah. out. Well, we've got all these great ideas. Get the god, shut up. This game needs to be out,
2: <laughs> just get it. Get it made, Walker.
1: And that's what I think is happening here, which is seeing. Don't make us erase your family in the past.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. I've got a photo of you. Oh, not that photo. (laughs) I want that one erasing. (laughs)
1: Please please do, Betty Lou. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what this smells of to me. It smells of short development time and not allowed in any way, shape, or form to make something that could have been good. And we know Martin Walker's got the game-making chops to make something decent. He does some decent games down he the does. road. But to me, this is a, a a very short space of time. We need a game out to cash in on Back to the Future while people are still liking it. So let's get this game yeah. out. Nine ninety-five people will buy it. Put Martin McFly in it. Yeah, hey, it's all good, in it? Yeah. No, the game is not good. No. And I will be going back in time to change the name of this podcast. No.
2: <laughs> and... It goes in line with these games from the 80s that have... Because E.T. had a bad game. Back to the Future's got a bad game. I'm just wondering if it follows the kind of Zemeckis, Spielberg-y kind of principle <laughs> that they're not allowed to have good games based on their IP, their film IP, because it's just, you know, no, you're not allowed. It's a shame. It's no. such a shame. There
1: Are there any... that uh, Well, I think it was quite good in the arcade, wasn't it? Um, Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's in the arcade, the C64 version. Hmm. <laughs> okay uh, it, was, uh, uh, it was a version <laughs> It won't be found I assume, I'm sure we'll see You that won't
2: now. and it won't be found <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: Mother lack of RAM No, <laughs> no. Oh, Chilled monkey brain That's Chilled monkey game. brains No that
2: um, no, 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 no. So yeah, like you said, it's just I agree with you completely. Not enough time clearly spent on this, which is the tragedy. The tragedy is that they push these things out and race these things out. A bit of time needed for something like this would have really benefited the game. There's such good. It's such good material to make a game from. In the same way, well, actually, no. I actually I was going to say then that we're t- we're similar to where uh, James, um, James uh, Roger Moore's Brown Coat Adventure in his is parisian (laughs) brown coat
1: challenge but that That, that, again that is our that's one of our missions by the way is to actually get the name change of that on wikipedia (laughs) from a view to a kill to roger moore's brown coat adventure brown jacket adventure roger moore play roger moore (laughs) in in uh, in cannonball run only
2: last night anyway that's a completely different conversation long the short of it was that um and the reason i mention it is that it was a license again that had enough had mileage but they just didn't have the time to make it into anything good, and so they just waited for the, the quick, cheap option. In this instance, it follows the 8-bit version. Very depressing, yeah, very depressing. That,
1: that was weird. It was very strange, that. Yeah. Okay, Back to the Future, we don't like that. No, it wasn't very back good. Back to the Future, no, dog egg. No, Future, back off. So, our last game in this section, before we move on to music. There's not many games this uh, issue, by the way. There's only 14. Mm. Games are going so there's only seven in this uh, this uh, episode so you know we can only review what's so, there and the next one Very is soon, a whopper
2: just... isn't it goodness good luck with this one
1: oh what starship Andromeda yeah, it's, a, it's That's a, our next game it's a
2: biggie isn't it in scope
1: <laughs> <sighs> is it yeah it,
2: yeah it's oh it's got lots of
1: description. <laughs> <laughs> I don't- <laughs> well, you might need to... Just, i put this down as myself. I'll give it a go. Go for it. But, uh, my, first com- my first comment in this, I read the review and I read the read about it, so sort I of think so, and what is a semi-mystical amulet? Because surely, <laughs> as soon as an amulet has some kind of mystical element, it is a mystical amulet. You can't have semi-mystical. Well, is this not from Pandora? The same company that brings you semi-precious stones. <laughs> I don't know maybe. I thought you meant Pandora's box then, cuz Pandora's box can't be open. it can't be semi-open, it's either open or not. No, no, Pandora make make lab grown diamonds.
2: So make of that what yeah, you Yeah, but will.
1: Myst- mystical mysticalness is not precious stones are very um, there are many different types of stone as far as i'm aware there's not many different mysticals well <laughs> the well, semi
2: semi precious stone is neither precious nor not precious it's just kind of half yeah but so is it half yeah, mystical but,
1: th- th- but then it's maybe but it's like a, a topaz or something or something yeah is it half true so, though a
2: semi mystical event is that something that might have happened but no half you, did? Can't semi-mystical. you can't
1: have semi mystical you can't i'm sorry i'm not having i'm it. not
2: justifying this crazy stupidity i'm just i'm just thinking no. yeah maybe there's a maybe that's the rationale for their nonsense
1: so so I, I do think maybe it was, um, is it a middle that's mystical and the rest is just plain old quartz? I don't know, yeah. like a watch. It's got a mystical face, but the, the, the thingy is not. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this discussion is better than the game because the whole point of the, this semi-mystical amulet is that someone called Alana, the evil Alana, has one and she rolls over the galaxy in an evil manner. I, I've got. I'm gonna. Have, I'm very sorry. I've got very little to say about this game because I didn't get anywhere in it. This means nothing to anything because all I did in this game was fly through space and then went into metaspace randomly and then came back out of metaspace and then fly back into metaspace and came out of metaspace into real space and back. That was it. I died. I kept, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. I played this for about half an hour doing that, thinking something might happen or I was doing something wrong. What was going on? Did you get any further in this? So there's a... Because I didn't. There's a red pill and there's a blue pill for this (laughs) game.
2: (laughs) So, you know, it depends which one you take. The red pill is that this this is a massive science fiction game. And I think this massively borrows from Isaac Asimov's science fiction. So it's not just science fiction, it's heavy science fiction. So all of that Federation and Empire stuff that Asimov wrote about so, you're in a galaxy controlled by the Federation. Alana is the one that has access to the Mind Lord computer. The key to that computer is a crystal <laughs> that hangs on a pentite necklace, which is the hardest element in the galaxy, and only a proton lance powered by Xyron and Trist can cut it. So, you've got to go after Alana, get the crystal into your starship, the Andromeda. Move around the galaxy because our uh, location is very difficult to spot, very uh, cruel, just putting it out there. And move to Starbase <laughs> and do that stuff. So, and you right, like, you're right, you travel through meta space or through real space. Real space takes forever, for literally real time. So you are traveling through space in real time, so you could be months in real space. Meta space is the ability to sort of fold space. We're borrowing again from, this time from Frank Herbert and Dune. So without going into the endless, Diatribe that this game compounds from all these sci-fi influences. The long and the short of it is: what is this game? What do I have to do? What is it? And reality is, it's just a mishmash of half-assed sci-fi connected mini-games with crap graphics, uh, a mixture of resolutions, which didn't give you a feel of anything you were really doing in terms of sci-fi. And it just looked like a load, like a lot of other games, a vast load of empty space with bits in it, probably. But mostly space, just mostly space. It's just, it's uh, no, it's just travel around space simulator. The easiest simulator in the world to do. I thought that when you create <laughs> simulators, I thought that ground and sky was like the 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 baseline. If you're going to do a crap simulator of anything, ground and sky, <laughs> like they did in Glider Pilot and many others, and we've come across a few sky, ground, ground, sky, green, blue, Big alley yeah, <laughs> green, blue, blue, green, sky, and the line in between is the horizon and sky. You know, sky goes up, green goes down. You get the idea. In space, it's all black. So it's just flying around black. So they've even taken away the interesting bit of looking at two colours. So in this, it's just, I, like you, I just floated around a lot. I wasn't. I didn't mm-hmm. bump into anything that I could honestly tell you was a challenge. Not that I was... There was something... Something did appear at a certain time and I shot at it, I think. But it's just one of those games when they've had really big sci-fi ideas and they've wrapped it in this massive sci-fi tale and there's all the trappings it reads more. the reads it reads more like a film idea than a game idea so they've put Mm -hmm. all of this stuff together borrowed from isaac Isaac asimov borrowed from frank herbert borrowed from star wars and lucas and all those things for some of the trappings what you end up with is boring space simulation uh nothing exciting i mean you can you know you can thrust around you can detect things by pressing different key commands you can press d to detect l to see your sights and it doesn't matter you just it's just boring boring space mm-hmm. boring and mostly space but mostly boring I didn't enjoy it I thought this was a 15 quid game on disc I'd have been heartbroken beyond the capacity for rational thought had I splashed out 15 quid which is a lot of money back then on a disc game because you know what I think I'd have just reached for the magnets and gone this game's done and I'm mag, I'm mag- I'm, I'm getting the magnets on this game that's it um you know and i'm erasing it for for the good of humanity i'm raising it got 52 percent in zap i think that's generous really i think they were just because some of them are kind of sci-fi heads in zap the reviewers and you, and you when you read the review of it in the magazine you get that idea that you know this you know there's a lot to it it's great there's backstories up it doesn't matter if you make the game boring like this i mean did you mm. did you get to any of the mini games that were actually
1: exciting because i no, that's what I'm saying. I flew through Metaspace and every time I went through one of those blue wormholes, came back into real space, within two seconds it just flung me back into Metaspace. Yes. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. No. And did you find that the... I mean, I was on an emulator
2: using a uh, using Vice and a 1541 emulator. I reached for that warp button on that more often than not because the, pay, the load times were painful, even on disk. I can't imagine the clacky, clacky, clacky... The 1541 drive <laughs> over that period of time, and I've ended up throwing my disk drive out the window because those things clacked a lot. No, it was, was, was taka 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 zzz, and you know it's reading a disc with magnets and all of that. It drives you mad just to get in confronted yeah. with you know slightly less black with a few dots on it. No, why? Why do this? Just if I want to play boring space games, I'm going to go to Elite. At least I've, there's a chance I might bump into something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> On the way from Leave yeah, to, to Dizzo, oh, no. back to Lave you know again. Yeah.
2: You know as much as they are very boring, and they are, there are things you can trade with Dizzo. Not slaves, because they don't like that. But you know what? Just the basics. Um, no, I uh, I don't even know. What am I talking about? I don't know. Well, you can trade with Dizzo. They don't like anything I was uh, trading.
1: Narcotics? No. Oh, no, That's no.
2: so how you get the police Sheep. involved. Sheep. and Sheep. Um, just It doesn't matter. Uh, hair hair dryers. If, you want, if you're going to play space simulations, just go for Elite if you like that kind of thing. It's it's less sci-fi backstory, more action and that's saying a lot because this game has none so just, if you're into that, go for that otherwise avoid this one because it's dull. Um, and the word Andromeda is not necessarily, just by putting these spacey sounding things in there mm-hmm. you No know, Starship Andromeda uh, did you get a, a feeling that you were in control of a starship? I
1: didn't. Oh, I didn't get it. I got a feeling of nothing. No, exactly. I just got, I got a feeling that I wanted to go to the toilet. That's what my feeling yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. Nothing happened. Nothing. I went to the toilet. No, I went. I was
2: in control of a galactic <laughs> starship Andromeda, nipped <laughs> off to the bog for a quick, 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 riddle, came back, and I was in exactly the same part of metaspace as I was when I left. Nothing happened. Yeah. Now I'll, I went to the I'll toilet. And you. A red, yeah, exactly. red dwarf. <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, you know, a brown dwarf. <laughs> a blue giant. <laughs> yeah. Painfully hot. That but yeah I had a curry I had a semi-mystical curry the night before that's what it was
2: <laughs> do yourself a favour and avoid this absolute bore bore fest and don't bother with it just look at get by a telescope and look at the stars it's more interesting
1: yeah I d- I'm glad you're saying that because I thought I'd missed out on a brilliant game here when I was starting this and you were going you just too, too and I was like no but I'm glad uh, I'm glad I didn't miss out on no, a good well, game well the red pill was the well, story I, was I gave you it was a good you. game
2: the blue pill was was a poison that you, drank, you took and it killed you instantly. <laughs> that was my... So I, I, oh. so I didn't opt for the red pill because I, I thought, you know what? I don't like the game, but I don't want to kill myself over it. So I just went for the blue no. pill and ended up feeling like... Uh, I felt, in the end, I felt a bit like a 1541-hour drive, just sat on the side, doing very little, periodically clacking <laughs> and just getting annoyed with myself and per- periodically wondering whether I should flip the disc over or not. I, d- I don't know. Rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. <laughs>
1: yeah fifty yeah. yeah, percent for this uh,
2: nonsense. Get out of here! What are you doing?
1: Yeah, let's call it. Let's let's call it a a, a, a galactic a galactic day and Starship a Andromeda. Dump is what it is. Massive dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. It's a it's a proper black hole Dark with a with a. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, and we've all produced that right. Yes, uh, that's this part. Those are our first three games, Zoid, Back to the Future and Starship Andromeda. I will say, uh, just before we do move on, that we were commenting on this before we started recording, that this issue is a particularly odd batch of games that has no rhyme nor reason to... Or throughput for any of them. It's a strange, strange. it's a strange mix of stuff that you're gonna get um, in this episode and, and next week as well. Because yeah, it's it's odd. And I mean that that first 3 you've got giant robot dinosaurs, you've got Back to It follows and <laughs> Subpar Isaac Hasimov. I was <laughs> like, what is going on this month? Is there something in is something in the water? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway, but
2: let's let's uh... Subpar Isaac Asimov is a Subparazimov is a great name for a band. Come on. <laughs>
1: Uh, subpar, some subpar kind subpar of Asimov. yeah,
2: some kind. I mean, it sounds a bit rude, but at the same time, you know, don't suck Eddie Asimov. But it's just, it, but either way, it sounds like a good name for a band. I'd go and see them. I'd go and I'd pay to see them at a gig. I think you'd get kind of a seventies, eighties synth vibe out of that. You no, know, subpar Asimov. Maybe.
1: Although, well, I don't know. They'd probably be. I don't know, I think they'd be quite proggy. Yeah, uh, they'd be taking. Our next, our next track is called "Into the Metaspace." It's called. Yeah, like, it's off. called. I'm leaving. AI. It's <laughs> three hours I'm long. Leaving and bore bore (laughs) you to death yeah (laughs) it starts like this clack clacky clack clack, clack, where blue fairy clacky clack blue fairy (laughs) clack clack clack. blue fairy
2: clack clack yeah 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 absolutely no end of Uh, line for you starship andromeda
1: yeah so uh, we've been subpar asimov for (laughs) this part um and we're gonna move on we'll be back after this break and advert we've got adverts haven't we do we've got ads. we have we do we've got sponsors yes we've got sponsors Messages. so if well, hopefully we have if not cut this bit if, they, if they've pulled out <laughs> <laughs> we've, got a mess- we've
2: got a message from our <laughs> lovely amazing sponsor and amazing these too
1: yeah so uh listen to that and then we'll be back after that with uh music in april 1986 so see you in a bit to our sponsor davidhearnwriter.com where you'll find books and audiobooks that are as cheap as actual chips. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees someone trapped inside their bread bin. They have to complete one of the games they're stuck in to escape. They're suddenly transported back to an old wild west town with only four replies to pick from as they round up the outlaws. Can they make it to sunset? Sounds better than being stuck in Elite where they would go back from lave. To dizzo to lave. Books, ebook, and audiobook is coming out before Christmas, so visit davidhernwriter.com. That's david h-e-a-r-n-e-writer.com to find out more. Okay, welcome back. That's the first lot of games. Let's move on to music in April 1986. So what we got here, do our normal. Let's look at the number one singles. I think we had this last time. Cliff Richard and the Young Ones at number one. There for a a week week or so. So I think he was in from the last month for the last week of last month into April and then one week properly in in April. Um, And there was then ousted um, quite forcibly um, by George Michael for the last three weeks of the month with a different corner.
2: A song all about Muller Corner yoghurts.
1: <laughs> I really hope so, because I have no idea what it's about. That's um, what it's about, yeah. It's it, did we mention this before? Because that joke sounds remi- eerily familiar. Possibly. <laughs> it might not be my joke. I'm sure we've said it on this podcast. I'm sure we've said it. There's something about corners. If you like
2: your balls being delivered in your yoghurt, or dipped in your yoghurt, then deliver it from a different corner those aren't the official lyrics i'm paraphrasing but that's probably what it's about yeah maybe by the way just never dip your testicles in anyone's yogurt just saying
1: it renders you powerless dear boy
2: Well, it renders everyone powerless <laughs> there's no there's no situation that i can vouch from personal experience there's no situation where that's welcome unless you've uh you just use veet never even then the smell of Vate's pungent and don't didn't get me started on that. It's just, just don't do it. <laughs> don't it's just tell not me pleasant. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I've, I've smelt VEAT. I haven't used VEAT. And no, there's, it led to me dangling my, my twig and giggle berries in anyone's in anyone's lunch, let alone yogurt. No, none of those things have happened. It's a bizarre twist. I'm just saying,
1: don't do that. It's a tight corner to uh, fit them in as well. Yeah. And you'd have to be really awkward. Is. So it'd be a really awkward position. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if someone's holding the yogurt in front of them with a spoon ready. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The positioning, you know, uh, mechanics aside. Do you go front or back? Either way is bad. (laughs) Well, (laughs) or maybe go from the side looking down at them with a cheeky you, grin on your face you find yourself stood <laughs> under anyone who's hanging their
2: testicles in front of your face and you're eating a yogurt you've got a lot to worry about regardless of the conditions of the test but more worryingly i suppose is that um you wouldn't have noticed you know no one can stealth teabag a yogurt in front of you it's just not something that's each it's not achievable you can't do that there are some things that are doable, and stealth tea bagging is not one of them. Especially of a muller corner, like you say, the corner with the
1: with the with the the cornery bit. You know, from be- if you tap them on the far shoulder from behind, so they look around. Well, you see, you've gone for some kind of distraction technique. Yeah, absolutely. I When they turn back, sort of thing. If you do the uh, Grange Hill theme. <laughs> What, they da yeah. dip,
2: dipping <laughs> them in like the sausage. I'm sensing a, a very elaborate <laughs> ruse, I have to say. So on the chance that you're naked and shaved or I and or um, uh, vated and you want to play a trick on someone, <laughs> tap them on the shoulder and hug the great chill theme and then dip your testicles in their yoghurt, hoping they have a yoghurt, and hoping that you get the yoghurt side. The yoghurt side of the corner is slightly bigger than the, the the sort of the um, the crunchy side, I guess you'd call. It. Don't nobody wants to dip anything in a crunchy side.
1: <laughs> well, you don't want to come. You don't, you don't want to come up with a load of um, crunchy bits dangling well, just, underneath well, just you. Just don't do both, because if you go yogurt, then <laughs> you go crunchy bits. You're going to look like a, a Ferrero Rocher. And make sure you don't make sure you get your aim right, because you don't want to go down on the uh, division. No, 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 no. Cause that, you could do one either
0: side. So you
2: could you could have left left dip, yogurt, right dip and you could mix the two. And I suppose that's really what a Molacona's fundamental philosophy is, you know, mixing the two flavours and stuff. But the some of them the 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 little tiny balls lend themselves to that. The ones with the kind of flakes, nobody likes them ones anyway, but the ones with the kind of flavoured flakes, the banana flakes. <laughs> Then it's never a good idea to do any of that's a bad idea. Don't in fact, (laughs) um, this is an official zap to the past non recommendation. (laughs) Do not menace people naked with the Grange Hill thing (laughs) while presenting yourself as a as a Frere Rocher impersonator because it's never going to end well. (laughs) The
0: phantom yogurt
1: teabagger exactly yeah of old old york (laughs) sounds like a two ronnie sketch (laughs) phantom york tea bagger it's not something (laughs) phantom yoghurt tea tea
2: bagger (laughs) phantom yoghurt tea bagger it's not some tea bagger (laughs) thomas bagger the poor poor guy he's out there somewhere Thomas. he's out there thomas it's like nobody ever takes me seriously with my name anyway (laughs) i digress that's that you know that but you know it's probably better than that song i don't remember it i don't remember the george michael song i don't remember
1: george michael's solo output no i remember his big 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 ones ones.
2: yeah everyone remembers them but i don't remember
1: that one in my uh, yogurt
2: he did that testicle dipping crazy
1: he did he was yeah anyway let's move on to albums (laughs) after that tea baggery
2: T. Bagger. Thomas Bagger. <laughs> at your service, sir.
1: Can I help you? Yes, Thomas. Um, Any, would you like anything dipped? <laughs> I, I can dip left can. And, and or right. I have for all kinds of dipping services. <laughs> salsa dip. I can do the salsa and dip. Yes, I can. Yes. And I, I can do it in variations of one <laughs> so you just tell me how many eighths you want dipped in yes exactly eighth of a dip sir hold out the yogurt let's go no
2: there yogurt. you go an i'm happy
1: i'm just as happy with tiramisu
2: tiramisu or any any of those uh co-op dips that you can buy for a pound except the yeah. uh
1: chili hummus yeah you yeah. won't you won't want that no, no one he wants that terrible accident he had with that yeah <laughs> uh anyway <laughs> albums. <laughs> <laughs> albums 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 <laughs> in, in all right so we this was i think this was number one at the end of last month uh hits for various artists i was in for two the next first two weeks of april And it was replaced with Street Life, 20 Greatest Hits from Brian Ferry and Roxy Music, which was number one for the rest of the month. Did it surprise you? There's two things that surprised me. I like the maths of hits
2: for in the chart for two weeks. I like that. Hits for two weeks. I don't know why it appeals to me and stuff like that. (laughs) And then 20 Greatest Hits of Brian Ferry and Roxy Music. What surprised me about that is that there was
1: 20... I was like twenty? Well to, yeah, twenty hits. Actually, I I've copied I've copied this out and it's not the twenty greatest hits, it's just twenty great hits. They're that confident. Yes, exactly, but I can can you all right, name me seven. No, I don't know any. I know <laughs> exactly. I know that I know that one which goes I can't I can't I've got his, Love uh, uh, Was
2: that yeah, Brian Ferry? Um, was that Brian Ferry
1: and Roxy Music? Was that does the, two of theirs? how's it go what's that one I don't know this is bad radio which ironically was what uh, Brian Ferry and Roxy Music were a lot of the time
2: exactly they were there for two weeks though so technically speaking it was 10 tracks for the first week 10 tracks the second and done which I think is a bit of a push really why call it Street Life? One of the songs that it must be called Street Life, I'm guessing.
1: Probably. It's probably one of their biggest hits that people have sat listening to this going, you don't know Street Life. Oh, no. People get a bit evangelical about Brian Ferry. Did he do that video
2: with the women all dressed in the dresses and the guitars? No, and the... no that was, that was Brian uh, Robert Ferry? Part. No, it's Robert Palmer. Oh, I am totally off the radar here then, because I've... You're, compl-
1: you're thinking of Addicted
2: to Love, aren't you? I totally conflated the two. I'm trying to think what Brian Ferry is. <laughs> Brian is
1: Ferry's the-, the one with the... <laughs> things like that. Is he a Gary, pop singer? Uh, our, our, friend, our friend Gary really liked him. He, you know, he, he tingled oh, with yeah, Brian yeah, Eno yeah, for wait, a while. Wait, wait, yeah. Is this Roxy, yeah, yeah. Not
2: in them either, yeah. is it? No. They did
1: that classic one with the with the piano. Oh, I, I, look, it's Brian Ferry. <laughs> He's a well-respected artist, and he was number one for two weeks with Roxy Music and their, their great hits. <laughs> Let's move on, because we're just making fools of ourselves. Not <laughs> if your impressions sound a bit like <laughs>
2: Brian Ferry and Roxy Music, i All right, fair enough. I don't know. I, I thought it was Robert Palmer, so I'm way off the chart. Here. No, Robert Palmer is very different. I'm going to find some Brian Ferry now. I think I know it is in my mind. I've got a visual of him, but I can't. You, I can't think sl- of what he sounds sl- like. I
1: think, did he do Slave, slave, to, to, slave
2: love? to Love? Was it Slave to Love or was that was that Brian Ferry? It doesn't matter. let Just ca- keep on trucking. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Keep on trucking. <laughs> cannibal. It's a cannibal. Cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Ferry or was it Michael Crewship? ship? <laughs> cannibal. It's a cannibal. and uh, as we know, something, of thing. All of uh, in, with Cliff Richard and Shaking Stevens, all of his friends are named after various boats. Ah, uh, Brown Ferry, yes, and of course there's, uh, there's
2: David Shit, Bobby Cargo, <laughs> Michael Boat, Michael Boat, yeah, Ricky Ricky Schooner, Schooner, yeah, Ricky Schooner, and uh, and the, the slightly slight David Coracle, small little guy. <laughs> Often found found floating across the rivers. All the
1: members of the band were named after boats. It was part of the uh, audition for getting in for Roxy Music. Simon Yacht. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) new releases of note. 6th of April, Look Away by Big Country. What is it, number 18? Look Away, Look Away. Good song, actually. Yes, it is a good song. I have a bit of a soft spot for Big Country. Yeah, Um, um, I have to say. There's
2: a couple of tracks, and their guitarist, of course famous for being the guitarist from the skids so in case you didn't know that
1: i did not know that uh, my brother was uh was quite into big country at the time um, and the, used to play their album and i used to listen to it and thought it was all right it's quite like it scottish aren't they they're a scottish band, yeah, yeah right? absolutely <laughs> scottish yeah they are um uh, 13th of april and this is quite interesting because we'll talk about this probably next week as well but just say no by the Grange Hill cast. Ah, oh, of was in at number Sammo. 26. Sammo. I think we'll leave Sammo. this because there's more to say on this in the next episode. Just remember, so... you
2: don't have to be part of a crowd. Just be who you are
1: <laughs> and say it loud. Indeed. Just, say, um, no. just, just say, say no. Just say no. We'll, 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 there's more to say about that in, in, next, in there the next is. episode, so we'll, we'll leave that one. We'll just say not thing right now, but we'll say something we'll, later. Yeah, we'll just say not right now. We've got the whole world at our feet was the England World Cup squad 86 <laughs> in at God. number 75. Who was,
2: was in that squad in 86? Can you remember any of the big names? Uh, Gary Lineker. Ga- Peter, so it was Lineker. I, I was Bailey. wondering if it was Lineker in 86. Was it Lineker?
1: Brian Robson. Pete Shilton. Not Chilin. Brian Ferry. I was going to say Brian Ferry then. Like, That's <laughs> where I know I'm from. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm va- I vaguely, vaguely remember... It was that, the captain? Uh, Brian Robson. Ray Wilkins, I think. It's that, it's that period. It's that era. So which which one of the England World Cup songs
2: was the one that was, uh, we're on our way, we are twenty two. Here, 22. What was that one?
1: we here, this Of oh, the red, red, white and, white and blue. And blue. This, this, one, time, this time, more than any, more other, than time, any other time, this time. Who was that one? That 82? That might have been 82 then. was It, it might have been 82. I don't know. Who's wrong? I honestly did I, well, it's Ron Greenwood. Ah, oh, right. Uh, he was the manager, 80. so it probably is 82, yeah. I can't remember who the manager was of very. I think it was Bobby Robson. Was it Bobby Robson? I think it might have been Bobby Robson by that point. It might have been Brian his, Ferry. He did his little dance. Oh, was he, or did Bobby Robson... Bobby Robson was Italian 90. Oh, it's <laughs> a knows? football it,
2: podcast. Well, it wasn't was Brian Ferry. It <laughs> <laughs>
1: It really wasn't. He's I not going to be a that, football manager.
2: <laughs> or Robert Palmer. I thought it was either <laughs> of them. Too, so I was way um, off the radar again.
1: Because things only go up with uh, in at the same day. And number ninety-eight with Snooker Loopy by the Matchroom Mob with Chaz and Dave.
2: <laughs> is there a world where you're happy with being in the chat
1: as an entry point at ninety-eight? That's yeah. If you have Chaz and Dave, That's a long way from number one, isn't it? <laughs> it's as far as you can be and be recognised, apart from one more. So it only goes up but to you ninety-nine. Know exactly,
2: you will know exactly how that song is going to be. You know it. It's yeah,
1: Chaz and Dave. Snoo- Snooker, loopy, nuts, are we? We are him and him yeah, and me. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. D- they did that. Was it on the back of Big Break? It's only a game, sport. Yeah, because...
2: did it Yeah, yeah. It was. That was Chaz and Dave, was all, wasn't it? Very I snooker oriented songs. But their album was called uh, We Love Snooker and We're Going to Sing About It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the clue, the clue was in the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: with, with, with guest vocalist Brian Ferry. <laughs> and, and strange enough, they're called Chaz and Dave, but their surnames are Snooker and Q. So that was their original duo name, but nobody would uh, nobody would book
1: them Dave, under that name. Dave, Dave Snooker and Chaz Q. Yeah,
2: but they were going into Snooker <laughs> so and Q. Or I the wrong way, way, way round? <laughs> I like to play snooker, and he likes to cue. No, It was Q with a Q. It was there. One likes to play snooker; the other just likes to stand around waiting for
1: things. Waiting to play snooker. I don't like to play. I just put my twenty pence down on the side of the table, but I never actually play. So exactly, there were twenty pence. Where have you been? What planet is 20 1986.
2: pence? 1986. 20 pence. Did they have 20p coins then? It might have done. It doesn't matter. Yes, oh, so that's exactly pens. how it worked. That's how they became famous. They were never going to make it as that duo, so that's why Chaz and Dave was born. If you don't believe me, I'm going to rewrite Wikipedia in about two minutes. <laughs> Check out on Wikipedia. <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be we're joining snooker you. And Q. I like to play snooker. <laughs> All he does is Q. <laughs> That's because he can't play. He can't. He's crap. Can't even he can't, hold. The, a, he can't even hold the sticks. He's had those two ten, pe- ten pence pieces for ten years. He's never used them. The whole act revolves around the fact that they can't use the word cue as a snooker cue because it would throw their act out. So they have to say sticks. You know, pointers. <laughs> you no, know, uh, pass us the pass us the long pa- wooden us sticky stick. the Staff.
1: <laughs> pass us the snooker
2: stick. Pass us that snooker staff. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> chalk the end of it the mysterious chalking of the queue I was never a Chaz and Dave fan anyway I certainly didn't like them I'd have preferred them if they'd have been snooker and queue it would have made more sense to me but
1: would have done based, based anyway. on their
2: relative skill at snooker
1: at <sighs> Anyway <laughs> <laughs> shut up about Chas and Dave. I wasn't talking about that. Snickering <laughs> yeah, about Q. Snicker Come on. Q. <laughs> exactly. Twentieth <laughs> <20th> of April. <laughs> uh, this is this. this title is now very apt. It's Live to Tell. Ah <laughs> uh, good track by Madonna though, actually. Uh, number ten. In at number ten, yeah. Live to tell by Madonna. It is a good track. Good build up that one. Nice chorus. Nice yes. nice swell nice swell. Good swell. I'm not sure
2: which album um, that's off, but it's a good or is that the album? No, good. I can't remember which mm, album that's wrong. I
1: don't know. Is it True Blue? Uh,
2: it must be. Actually, yes, yes. That sounds True Blue. It's not off. For many of the others I not remember. Maybe
1: number twenty-three was Lessons in Love by Level Forty Two. Oh, Level Forty Two. Is there anyone's thumbs more bass capable than his? <laughs> that guy can thumb his way out of any
2: situation, can he? It's the thummiest thumber of the thumbedum. <laughs>
1: I mean, like, would you like, would you like Level 42 or not? That guy can thumb a mean thumb. He, can't, <laughs> he can. He he a His a hand was insured for a lot of money, wasn't it? His, well, his it thumb was, yeah. And hand.
2: Well, that's because prior to his career as a bass player in Level 42, he was actually a professional pin pusher. You could hire him just to come around and push pins into your walls. That guy's thumbs are powerful. <laughs> he could. He doesn't need a nail gun. He could just literally push a nail into a solid brick. <laughs> Very talented guy. <laughs> yeah. It was obviously was gonna turn that talent into a unique bass playing ability. Yeah. And he did. What is his name? Um, what is his name? Mark
1: level forty two. Mark something or other. It's not Mark Knopfler, he's dire straits. It's Mark uh, something. I Mark about level forty
2: two. What was all that about, level forty two? I don't
1: know. I don't know. Maybe it's as far as he could get in Zoid. Did you like level forty two as a band? No. They were part of that bland core movement that I hated of all those bands like Curiosity Killed a Cat and uh not um who's the other ones the one that sent the one that had their boat <laughs> Blandcore. yeah but that's what i call them Blandcore <laughs> bands they were local yeah, in them totally. from about like mid mid to late 80s there was yeah one and i agree it, um one with a roland guy in roland Damn yeah yeah we, yeah yeah like um, they fine young called? cannibals fine young yeah. cannibals them johnny hates jars were another one
2: yeah um, <laughs> i garbage. totally agree with you i think of level 42 when i think of that red red that was ub 40 though
1: that's UB. My, my radar is off today. That's, that's how. That's how much I hate level forty-two. That they make me think of UB forty. Well, to be fair, UB forty, level forty-two. There are only really two
2: more, so they were just two, but two better in the level forty-two is about their average chat position. Apart from that, twenty-three.
1: Yeah. Anyway, number twenty-nine was a question of lust by Depeche Mode. That's oh. a good song. Which album is that off?
2: 86 must be the... It's
1: probably probably the one we had on last time, Black
0: Celebration, I thought.
2: Yeah, good album. And Depeche, remember Depeche Mode? Good. It's
0: Depeche
1: Mode. I'm not listening. (laughs) I'm, I'm not from France. It's Depeche, but okay. Depeche. It's not the mode eh. It's depeche mode. It is. That's what anyway, <laughs> never mind that. Anyway, man. number forty one. I thought this went in higher, but this will climb, I believe. Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel.
2: Yeah, that's the one with the fancy animated video in
1: it. It is a great video, isn't it? It's a good yeah. song, like this. I do like I do like Peter Gabriel's early solo stuff. I think it's very good.
2: Yeah. I remember that one and the other one that's exactly like it and but I don't remember much more of the oh, stuff that he um, did. Big
1: train steam is it he did as well big train wasn't it big big i making it big. yeah yeah uh, uh, da, 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 da. that one Peace. Yeah. No, i'm singing sledgehammer you are i'm sure it was big big not big train that's a show big big something big oh. <laughs> but actually the reason i'm thinking of that is because the next track was in at number number 99 pipping snooker loopy by one track one point was the big trip to mexico from the Scotland World Cup squad. Oh my gosh. I have no idea what that is, but I thought I'd put it in because I've mentioned the England one. I want to listen to that because
2: they would have crashed out of that World Cup, I think. I don't think they got too far in, did they? If I am right, I think they right. got
1: knocked out in the group stages probably. Yeah,
2: so their big trip to Mexico was kind of a short trip to Mexico, but <laughs> I don't remember that at all. But I didn't know that they, we had sort of you know region well I'll say region country it's a separate country so that's you know a different uh, did Wales have
0: a were uh, Wales even at that doesn't matter
1: uh, I don't think Wales Wales were at the um, Euros four years ago whenever and that was their first time I, I uh, believe right. that was their first time at a major competition in like 58 years or something I was reading Whoa, so it's been a while okay. they did well though they got to semi-finals four years ago so Okay. okay. Um, 27th of April Beak of the Devil and He Shall Appear Addicted to Love by Robert Palmer
2: oh there he is you see that's probably why I thought of it because he was around at that time.
1: bobby bobby to his friends bobby palmer
2: oh bob palmer yeah
1: bob oh B- palmer. bob palmer he, he was good at card tricks that's uh he could palmer palmer mean ham well i think the interesting little interesting aside that's number not 87 about... though that song was massive i must be re-released
2: what i was about to say is that not not content with the chart what we've got to think of in 1986 it's the early it's the beginnings of mtv in it and that video for "Addicted to Love" was really hammered on MTV Europe. Yes,
1: it was. Um, yeah. So,
2: so you know, and I mean, I remember—I don't really remember the song. I remember the video more than the song. But it was really hammered and played. And even I think even Top of the Pops had started to play videos at this point in the UK. So it's mm, still got yeah, a bit yeah. of an out. It's got a bit of an out in there, and um, it's not what you call it. I think the video itself was directed by quite kind of a famous art, not an art director, but an artist. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a bit nowadays, class is a bit cheesy, wasn't it? But uh, back then it was quite the thing. So, yeah, not it's a great a bit song, though.
1: These days. <laughs> I never, I never dug Sorry. it, I never dug it that much. It's all right. Albums, new releases in the albums charts. On the 6th of April, we had Parade, Prince and the Revolution. Prince and the
2: Revolution. Good,
1: good so album more, that is. More up your alley than mine. I believe that's a
2: good album. Not his greatest album, um, because the greatest album that Prince released was the Greatest Hits of Prince, which is brilliant in all of its volumes. <laughs> which, but, I um, it was the Greatest Hits of
1: of, of of Roxy Music. Walter
2: Rally. He did He did all. He did a load of covers. <laughs> Parade's got some good tracks in it, though. We think we featured, a track in the, we featured a track in the chart from this album last week, as I believe. Mm-hmm, we did listen to last week's podcast. You'll hear all about it. You good will. album. Well, or two album.
1: weeks ago. And at number sixteen was Rendezvous by Yomi El-Yah. Uh, good old Yomi El-Yah, JMJ,
2: the classic. Yeah. Very, 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 very influential album, Rendezvous.
1: Yeah, I th- the problem I have with Yomi El-Yah tracks is that I know the tracks, but I couldn't tell you the name of any of them. So I know all the classics, because obviously I've watched... The live stuff, and I've listened to them, and I've heard them so many times in so many C64 games and demos and stuff. But I'm I'm damned if I could tell you which one was Oxygen and which one was this, and which one was Magnetic Fields and which one was that. The only one I only want to know is Magnetic Fields three is it for Ya Kung Fu, which we'll talk about, but I could be wrong on that. I don't know the titles of any of them, but I could hum you loads of them.
2: In all fairness, you just named pretty much all of them because you've got a reasonable chance of getting it right because most of them albums have got Rendezvous parts one to four. Magnetic Fields part one, so it's which part of it is. Can you remember how disappointing um, Waiting for Cousteau was? Do you know, I was thinking about that the other day, because I've had a bit of a re-listen to the entire Jean-Michel Jarre back catalogue, because he released a, a new album, well, two new albums, not that long ago, maybe a year ago now, maybe a year and a half ago but two new albums, one of which was an original stuff of his. And then there was a lot of cooperative tracks he did. He did one with the Pet Shop Boys, for example, and it's quite good. Brick England, it's quite a good track. So I definitely track down those albums. There's new ones, they're good. So I thought I'd listen to the back catalogue and the live albums are astonishing, amazing. You know, the Houston, live in Houston, Docklands is amazing. They're all live. The China one was never my favourite, but it's an amazing live album. Live, great. The actual studio albums, they're actually very short, a lot shorter than I remembered them. And all of us remember the magnetic fields, the rendezvous, the zoo looks, the, and some of those mm-hmm. albums have got classic tracks on. We'll remember to this day. Then there's waiting for Cousteau. That moment when <laughs> waiting for Cousteau arrived because I remember we've got a, co, a co-friend who is heavily into Jean-Michel Jarre. Uh, sorry, Yummy <laughs> Yummy. <laughs>
1: i remember him getting this and he
2: got this and he was <laughs> you know he was you know positively wet in his pants with excitement remember the cover the blue cover with the big ear the, the yellow ear on it uh. and he wrapped it into the cd player which he'd spent some serious cash on by this point i think somehow i think it was a CD, it might have been a tape deck at his ass, but i think it was a cd player remember it was all sat in his bedroom i remember it listening to it and going
1: this is crap Boop, <laughs> bloop, bloop. <laughs> Bleep, yeah. bloop 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 yeah. bloop, bloop. And we were so disappointed it. How long yeah did it for like 40 minutes
2: or something 25 like? minutes of blippy <laughs> bloppy and then there's Bleep, that one track Bleep. at the end which was that which the rumba yeah. do 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 we're like oh this is all right i think that's off that album i could be wrong like you say they all kind of blur but that's the bit i remember is that it wasn't so much because i kind of by this point was listening to a lot of metal so i was kind of into it and not into it i still like my synth stuff but watching yeah. uh gary's Tearful face as he realised how much of a rip <laughs> off it just had. Spending hard-earned cash on that dog egg. Um, that's a moment I cherish now to this day. Actually, thinking about it.
1: <laughs> Whenever I'm feeling blue, <laughs> I think I think of Gary and waiting for custard. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> just remember seeing
2: his bedroom, him excitingly putting that on. It might have even been in his lounge, actually, because I remember he had that. We're going back to times for people that are listening to this thinking, what are we talking about? You didn't always have CD players in your bedroom back in the mid to early 80s. They were expensive items. They are often household purchases. We had one in our lounge. I was lucky enough to be working at that time, so I think I'd bought one on it's Skimuli for a month when I was in debt for it. But um, I'm not sure. I think later down the line we all ended up with them, but... I think Gary, at that point, I think I'm not sure if he had one in his bedroom or, or he taped it or he had. We'd gone t- down to his lounge where there was a, quite a nice stereo that his mum and dad had purchased or his mum maybe can't remember, but it might have been listening to it on that this Panasonic <laughs> multi-stacking system. He had to have a stacking system, remember So it was like a record player at the top, then a tuner, then a CD player, then a yeah, you huh? know tape player, and all these. St- Items stacked on top of one another. So we might have been listening to it in his lounge. It wouldn't have altered the joy of <laughs> discontent that I felt looking at Gary and watching him, watching his, because he'd been on about this for months. Watching his, he, watching him crack as that played, and just and his seeing his the veneer of joy just go, <laughs> just crack like a badly made piece of glass. What a tragedy! What a tragedy! Rendezvous's View's good though.
1: <laughs> yeah, Rendezvous's <was> View's great. <laughs> but yeah. Waiting for custo but, but is garbage.
2: Rendezvous is the do, 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 do. I think that's rendezvous. So, yeah, so that's what poss- everyone knows. Possibly.
1: That's what I mean. I could hum that tune for you. I think that's what track it was. But less so the one at the beginning of it goes. An elephant being strangled. <laughs> you just um, cut out on my end. <laughs> Whatever noise you just made just killed the internet. <laughs> Whether that recorded or not, I have yeah, no idea. I, 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 all I heard for the beginning of that was. No, no, no more. <laughs> Yeah. you've done it again you cut out again
2: It <laughs> <laughs> records my end. it's just it's uh, too much for your for your sound system to cope with it's so accurate anyway that's uh, <laughs> w- waxed very lyrical on Jean- Jean-Michel uh, Jarre I like him a lot I like Jean-Michel Jarre and he's heavily influential on many of the Sid musicians that we revere the Matt Galways the Rob Hubbards I think they've all at least all of them had a go at Jean-Michel Jarre track at one time or another so
1: they have We'll speak about one of those this very this very recording. Oh, no, no, next week actually. Right, 13th of April. Turbo by Judas Priest. Oh, I like Judas Priest. Are you a Judas Priest fan? I never knew yeah. that. Twin whidley guitars, innit? it? Well, yeah. But it's, if you like
2: Iron Maiden, then you should listen to Judas Priest because Iron Maiden are like the Judas Priest copy. Really, very controversial to say that, but they are. And also, I'll also like Halloween, which are an Iron Maiden copy. So mm. if you want to go back to the root, to yeah, the you stem, want then ju- it's Judas Priest. Really. Yeah, it's Judas Priest. They do it. yeah. then, some of their tracks are great. So
1: Yeah, yeah I'm not of them. so into
2: the studded leather underpants and, you know, another other the, all the See, Judas Priest iconography. The exact, that, that's the part I am into. Well, you you wear them inside out just for, for insane, shits yeah, and giggles. On the inside, of course. Yeah, well, I've got studded leather socks. That's as far as I'll go. And they <laughs> that's the only way hurt. to live. <laughs> and, and I would wear power leather wristbands. Which uh, I tell you what, you'd be surprised how often you need leather gauntlets in this crazy COVID
1: world. Don't don't wear them for tennis though, because you'd r- strip the, strip the skin from your forehead quite quickly. Yes, and then it's, that would be bad not tennis. They're not tennis friendly. Uh, they're not
2: generally friendly items um, wearing no. any kind of gauntlet if you're going to go into a sport, <laughs> unless it's uh, required. So, uh, yeah. Like uh, rollerball. Don't do rollerball with that. Yeah, don't do that.
1: Yeah. Well, that requires gauntlets. So you have spiked gloves in that. Yeah, true. And yes. Um, and yes. <laughs> <laughs> 20, 20th of 20th of April We've already spoken about this it was, it was Brian Ferry and Roxy Music Were straight in at number one On 20th of April So there you go They were straight in Boom
0: Goodness Everyone, liked
1: a, bit of,
2: everyone liked a bit of Ferry Everyone liked at least one track Off that great hit
1: Yeah Number 10 I was weird I found it strange That this, this came in Victoria Land By the Cocteau Twins Number 10 In the U, UK Charties That's weird in in 10, I know if, if you like your uh hey, yeah oh, hey, yeah Sort of stuff. Yeah, probably yeah, like the Cocteau twins. They're yeah. very ethereal, aren't they? Yeah, very, so people,
2: um, people who sing mostly in um, in
1: vowels. Yeah, generally barely vowels. Well, yeah, not even barely that it. really. It's just kind of loose um, sounds. It a, well, it was it was a double bill of kind of weirdness because at number thirteen we had Tinderbox from Susie and the Banshees. Straight in. Right? yeah, yeah. Strange, what strange was, old what album. What was the uh, track? What was their popular one? We said it. We can't remember it the other week. Uh, it was <laughs> <laughs> just, just, <laughs> again, so popular. We? We've
2: forgotten it again. It was, um, it was the Beatles cover that they did.
1: M- miss something? No, b- b- it was, begins um, with a P, didn't it? Dear doesn't it Prudence. A P? Dear Prudence, that's it. Which
2: is a Beatles <laughs> cover that they did, yeah.
1: I was going to say Miss Peacock.
2: I think Dear Prudence is off the White Album for the Beatles, I think. But...
1: All right, yeah, Miss Peacock and it's, a, it's a, Are You Being Served, which is a completely <laughs> different thing.
2: Oh, the Cluedo album they they did where you have to guess who killed the songs at the end.
1: <laughs> Invisible Silence by the Art of Noise was in at number eighteen.
2: Well, we know who that was really. So yeah, The Art Trub- of Noise. It, yeah. Tr- Mr. Horn, yes, and and Co.
1: In at number seventy three is Falco three by Falco. Now the reason I included this sort of thing was obviously rock me Amadeus, But Falco three implies there's a Falco two and a Falco one. Maybe there is. Which I find Quite incredible, because I just thought it was a one-hit wonder with uh, Rock Me Amadeus. Well,
2: they're not describing the albums. They're describing the people who were at the front, the
1: front man. It's just version three of Falco. Or well, maybe they're talking about the look dragon from uh, NeverEnding Story. <laughs> well, it's
2: its just there's two previous Falcos who died in mysterious circumstances, so <laughs> one, here's Falco one, 3.
1: One, one choked on someone else's <laughs> own vomit. Someone else's vomit. Yeah, exactly. Vomit. And he just and exploded
2: on stage, yeah. So, uh, oh, so quick, this is Falco 3. Falco
1: 3. three.
2: <laughs> It's like the dread <laughs> pirate Roberts, they just take over the role of Falco <laughs> and then everyone calls him Falco and then by the end of it he's, he's Falco. And then you no, know, unless they meet a, a mysterious How end. How
1: much better would that have all been if it was sang by the dragon from Neverending Story if that was Falco? That would in be the weird. Charts.
2: That giant that giant thing that he rides on in there.
1: Yeah, Falco's the look dragon.
2: You know, you know too much about that. <laughs> wee little film with its... Tre- the only good thing about that film was watching that horse drown. And then that, that, that cheer, I cheer when that this happens. This podcast is happens. over. <laughs> <laughs> when that happens, I cheer. I'm like, I'm oh, mighty cheer. Yes, Oi, finally. I mean, nothing,
1: uh, you can't talk about the swamp <laughs> of despair in the trio. I'm not having it. I, do you know, ironically, so, ironically, at Christmas time, ending Story There's no need to be on. afraid. There's no need to be afraid, but NeverEnding <laughs> Story was on, but it got cancelled, and I've never seen... I mean, I have, so, but... There was genuine anger on Twitter that the BBC well, had cancelled. Yeah, they're like, thanks for ruining my afternoon, BBC. Oh, what, really? <laughs> for that? Goodness me. People were up in arms. Why do Bring people back like that film so much? It's because it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's not good. It's not. It is. I watched it recently. It is good. I actually, when it wasn't on, I sourced it and watched it anyway in its place at that time because I was going to watch it anyway. It was part of my Christmas viewing. I had it ringed in the Radio Times. I had to watch it. I'm I, sorry. I, it's what I do. I don't like the film, but I do like the fact
2: that they drown a horse in quicksand because I don't like horses. It pleases me to watch it. I like it. <laughs> I like that. I, I I think more horses should be drowned in quicksand, but that's just me.
1: Graham does not speak for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he speaks for one half of it, but not this half.
2: It's controversial, I know, but you know what? <laughs> if you're going to drown an animal in quicksand, make it a horse. I've seen it happen in movies they don't. It's not painful for them. It's almost enjoyable. I'm so glad you said in movies, then,
1: <laughs> not in real life.
2: No, because
1: <laughs> that would be traumatic.
2: As far as I'm aware, I've not witnessed, this, witnessed it in real life, um, but uh, certainly in the uh, in that film, I've but, seen but it. But years, sure. years of
1: therapy are getting me closer to understand what I really saw that time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after years, of... I think it was. Th- I'm not sure it was a horse. It kind of had hands and feet and a in a human head. When I think about it. So, and was, but but in my head, it's made of wicker. And he was called Horse, but anyway. <laughs> what Richard Harris? <laughs> <laughs> A man called Horse. Yeah, good old anyway, Richard Harris. Bless just to him. Wrap
1: up, Bless him. Uh, wrap up the music section. Twenty seventh of April, there was uh, Rapture was released by Anita Baker. Who is Anita Baker? Isn't Anita Baker... Uh, don't say it's Carol Baker's sister. Carol Baker's sister, you know. <laughs> no. and down the road. Have I, got, have I got this horribly wrong sort of thing, but isn't... Oh, I'm thinking of the wrong person. See, Ignore we've both it. done it now. That's you're thinking both of Debbie Arie, not No, I was thinking of Anita Dobson. <laughs> Oh, God. That's uh, <laughs> Brian May's wife. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I Goodness thought this was me. the Enders' theme. But anyway, Rapture by Anita Baker was released for number 53. Whoever right. Anita Baker is, sure, she's great. But I have nothing more to say on that because I've got the wrong person.
2: And I don't think it's a cover of the Debbie Ari Blondie song of Rapture. I hope it's not. Probably not. not. it's not the greatest Blondie song.
1: Uh, so randomness at the end there because could we get the wrong person, or I did. But there you go. Hey-ho. Right, that's your music section. What do we have? Brian boats dipping, <laughs> dipping, dipping yogurts. <laughs> Big country, just say no. Uh, football songs and snooker and cue. Um, I think are the things snooker to take away Q. from this section. Um, <laughs> we'll be away now for a short break. Uh, listen to another advert. We'll be back after that. See you soon. Enjoy the festival. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Shout out to our sponsor, davidhernwriter.com, where you'll find bargain books and audiobooks. Dave's next book, Escape from the Commodore 64, sees someone trapped inside their bread bin. They have to complete one of the games they're stuck in to escape. Imagine finding yourself as a mole trapped in a collect-em-up platform game dodging nonsensical sprites just to stay alive. Book, ebook, and audiobook are all coming out before Christmas. Visit DavidHearnWriter.com to find out more. Dave's podcast pick is Law of the West – He considered it one of the finest examples of interactive fiction ever. Yeehaw!
1: welcome back that was the music we've got our last section of games for this episode we've got four more to come up before we look at a few crapverts. so what have we got our first game graham tell us all about rock and wrestle or bop and wrestle as it's known in certain parts of the world yeah. whatever you know it as it's rock and wrestle whatever it was,
2: it was rock and wrestle to me and it was to me too i remember liking this game back in the day um so you're probably going to get a flavor for where this is going to go i did like it a lot back then there are bits that are This is a game that feels like it's got bits missing. So it it has all the trappings of something that could have been quite good, but kind of misses the mark here and there. So back in the day when I played this quite a lot, I was willing to let some of those things go. On Revisit, so it's a wrestling game, essentially, rock and wrestle. You've got uh, various characters of wrestling. You can play two-player or sync or one-player. You have to fight your way, wrestle your way through the opponents. And sort of a bit like the boxing games that we played, same kind of logic, really. So you get some character wrestlers that you have to play. There's a variety of moves you can you can attempt for want of a better description here. <laughs> and we'll come back to the controls in a moment, but there's a variety of moves you can attempt. And there's sort of reasonably big sprites. You're, it's, the game is in principally in a wrestling ring, uh, seen from kind of a sort of slightly elevated angle. So you can see both wrestlers. They're quite big sprites on the screen. There's not a lot more to it than that, because the, I think all of the memory for the C64 is taken up in principally everything to do with that. So the mm-hmm. animation of the sprites, is there's quite a lot of it in the sense that they run backwards and forwards or up and down. You can grab and pick them or throw them and do a few wrestling moves and the idea is you do enough of those to r- render your, your opponents I say unconscious but get a count of three you win and then you work your way up okay that's the game so this this is I think made by or at least kind of a follow-on almost from the way the exploding fist
1: it is it's the same people It's Greg Greg Barnett again. I yeah, think. so, so
2: I and you can kind of see where they were heading with it. You can kind of see the ambition in there. Two player wrestling game, pull off the moves, sampled sound again in here, like it was in Way of the Exploding Fist. Quite big sprites, but, uh, 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 yeah, like Way of the Exploding Fist in theme. But the, the reality <laughs> is that this isn't nearly as good as that for many reasons. The sound isn't as good. The playability isn't there. The players aren't very interesting. The difficulty is very hard. It seems impossible to make the moves happen in a way that makes you. You feel like you're in control of the wrestler you're playing. I didn't get what I needed to do to pull off some of the more complex moves that I became a victim of very quickly I couldn't at one point I couldn't get up when I was thrown on the floor so I just spent a lot of the first few levels just laying there so worst wrestling match ever I just got thrown down once and that was it like, I'm not bothering I'm like I you know what this is too tough <laughs> so I found it stupidly hard I couldn't do any of the moves and none of them made sense and I looked up the instructions and looked up that and it still didn't make any sense I couldn't get it to play now I was playing this bear in mind I played this on a on a C64 Maxi with an actual joystick so I loaded it in and played on on as authentic a rendition of a c64 as i could get i still couldn't make it work properly for me so i just found it that i think you needed to be interested to really get into it anyway and understand the kind of logic of the game even back then and you needed to go with the game logic and the controls and you need to really hack at it to kind of get it to do anything and eventually you might find a way through it but for me the main event of this game for me was a bit of a letdown didn't feel like on reflection on replay that i really was in control of much and i didn't get a lot from it and the sounds in the end were just kind of arbitrary two-bit screams of horror that didn't really (laughs) equate to anything like where the exploding fist I could see what they tried it might even be the same engine maybe behind the scenes I don't know but it was just a big misfire Um, and it didn't capture any of the razzmatazz of the wrestling even back then Maybe not British wrestling, but even then, the wrestling still had just having camera flashes in the background and crowd sounds and just stuff that made it feel like you wasn't just in a wrestling ring in some warehouse at the bottom of an <laughs> industrial estate, just wrestling for your life in some weird game you found yourself trapped in because you know you stole someone's pigeons or some. That's actually more game logic than I'm applying to it because I couldn't think of a reason why I would be there. But did you like, on reflection, rock and wrestle? I think I've actually played this with you back in the day and I don't remember as liking it much then.
1: No, it's too awkward. It's way too awkward. And my, my sort of notes to start off with, <laughs> which is why I, I, it took me a while to realise they were saying one, two, three yeah. on, on the count. And I didn't like the fact that it was just the, the, the Commodore font just popping no. up saying one, two, three. I thought it was a bit cheap. Warning like sign. Yeah, it's this is the next follow. Well, I know we thought it was uh, Fighting Warrior, but I don't think that was by the same people. But you could see that there was probably some shared tech there with the sprites and everything. But this is the next one from those guys. And for, as far as I'm aware, and it's just not very good. For me, you know, it's too ambitious. The thing with Exploding Fist was that because it was on a classic 2D fighting plane the moves the 16 moves worked because it transponded quite well to you know moving in those directions on a 2d plane it worked you put that into 3d and you try and have i think it's 24 moves that are in Mm. this only four that are available at any one moment it's so awkward to sort of get them you know you you can grab hold and then you kind of jiggle around a little bit and you can pick them up and then you might spin them You, you bounce off ropes it's just a mess I just thought it was a real mess, and considering the smoothness of the animation in where the exploding fist, like for a lot of this, it's 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 two-frame two-frame animation. It's really jerky and staccato, and I just didn't yeah. like it. Th- this for me was a misfire. It was a bad choice for a follow-up as to do next. I can see why they kind of want. Oh, let's do wrestling. Let's do something a bit more adventurous. But this was pushing up against really what. Probably the C64 could do, you know, what they knew what to do with it technically at that time. And it's just a mess and, and it doesn't control well. Having to waggle to get up off the canvas is, am, am I going to get up? Am I not? The strength bar seemed to have no actual meaning or. Yeah, it was arbitrary. Or yeah. actually t- or tie into what was going on on screen because you could get them down quite low and then they would still just knock you out, you know, with one. And it was, uh, yeah, no, nah, I, di- I didn't get on with this. I didn't like it. I do remember, as I think we did give it a go back back then, but I don't think we liked it. It's not one I remember that would have been on a rotation of ours, should we say? No. And that's sort of a shame, you know. It could this could have been fun, but and it looked like it was going to be fun, and, and also when it came down to it, the wrestlers were just same wrestlers with just different coloured leotard and a different yep. head. Yeah. I didn't know if there was no kind of personality to them or difference no. in style or moves or anything. It was just a bit, you know. No, this was a misfire for me. I didn't I didn't enjoy it at all. No. I okay, completely
2: agree. Yeah. Tied into a probably more an American tradition of wrestling because back in 1986, I don't think there was a lot of exposure to US wrestling in the UK at that time. It wasn't quite on Sky. Sky wasn't quite as big then. Well, at least it wasn't as big in terms of no, holding th- the I th- WWF WWE. I mean, visits. I didn't have any
1: any clue who um Hulk Hogan was in no in you know Rocky (laughs) Three. Well, exactly. So
2: So it didn't. But and I think in the US maybe it had more legs because it was a wrestling game and wrestling was huge there and has been. For us, you know, if it didn't have Big Daddy and Giant a-stacks in it, I don't want to know where the hell they were anyway. And it didn't have any of those UK. And thankfully, it didn't have any of those UK wrestlers in it. I didn't have anybody,
1: did it? Gorgeous Greg, I think you played it. Yeah,
2: yeah. And just they tried, you know, they tried a thing, didn't quite work. it? It was just a bit of a misfire. What a shame! What a shame! Like you say. Yeah.
1: It is a bit of a shame.
2: Never mind. 24 moves. Goodness me. Maybe
1: they'll come back with uh, Fist 2 and make good on that.
2: (laughs) Fist 2 tournament. That's all I'm saying. Okay. It's better than Fist (laughs) Plus, let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah shouldn't really have a lot of games starting with the word fist
1: you know it's just <laughs> generally speaking it's just don't uh, th- unless they uh, they should all start fisto fisto from yeah okay should have from he-man from he-man yeah he should be the star of all of them exploding fisto <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure
2: that's a movie but uh, not one I want to see anytime soon what
1: you got what you got there this is my
2: exploding fisto oh, <laughs> my shiny glowing fist <laughs> Anyway.
1: Oh, we've we've traversed again. We have. Let's move back But that's what
2: rock and wrestle does to you. Boring old game. Don't play it. Don't wait around for wrestling games to get any better either.
1: No. No, let's move on. To our next game. Oh, God. (laughs) So another Hubbard tune. Yeah. But a bad one. (laughs) I'm going to be honest here. This is terrible. Jerry the Germ. Jerry the Germ was our next release. This This doesn't get a good review. And with good cause. It's also $7.95. I Ooh, thought this was a budget release. I did. was it maybe it released later as a budget release, was it? I don't know. Right. This has all the hallmarks of a budget release. It surely it does. does. This you know, this this has is this has the whiff of 199. Just not kidding. Um news agents about the it. reason why this game's set in a toilet. Oh yeah. So Jerry the Germ. Uh, what the hell is this game? It's a series of mini-games, series of small mini-games that are not barely games. You are, you play a germ, I think because you just this great green thing. And the the three that I managed to sort of play, the first one had these floating faces, and every, yeah, I think you are in the lungs, and every now and again, a, a canister of oxygen would appear, which you had to kind of dodge the faces and grab. Correct. For whatever. The second one, I never got any further. I kept getting hit, and then, then I kept getting hit, and then I would end up in the bowels, where you were rowing a boat, where you had to pick up a piece of toilet roll, avoid a bird, And click on the fire button to stop a bull that was swimming in the bowels from hitting you. We've all been there. We've all been there. (laughs) What the hell am I playing? There's bizarre. (laughs) And then there's pure bizarro nonsense. Yeah. And this is crossed over into just nonsense. Yeah. The third one, there was was some kind of kidney bean thing. That you had to collect that would appear randomly in parts of the screen, and if you didn't, you got hit. You were back in the bowels. This rubbish. Yeah. It's just generally dreadful. This game. It was. It was. It, my my final comment was a crap game about crap. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of sums this up. And and and, and I've noted what's worse is that the the Hubbard soundtrack you kind of which you know we have often said elevates a game is just annoying and quite turgid in this i just found this i found these tunes i'd never liked the jerry the germ soundtrack i know some people have a bit of affinity for them because they're kind of bouncy and thing on a springish no they're rubbish i don't like them i don't like anything about this game it's a bad game i never liked it and i came back to it with fresh eyes I like you know what i'll give it a go no rubbish crap don't know did you like it no of
2: course i didn't goodness me yeah the idea of the game is that you need to obtain your stink ploma. From the Institute of Infectology because you failed to get one. The only stink ploma is this game. No, mm-hmm. if you pay seven ninety five, you've just earned yourself a stink plumber and a and a bad one. It was absolutely this game. This game awful. has stink palmed you. It has massively. So you are literally dip theory one lick away from dip theory you a cream cake <laughs> it's just it's just stinks this game it's so apt. let's just elide the ridiculous price tag for a moment and the fact that this is this is a, um, a conversion from other formats from Spectrum and other games it's elide all of that what is this game Is stupid it's stupid so you your idea is you've got to infect a person by infecting various parts of the body in those levels you were in so lungs kidneys stomach pancreas heart lungs. and in order to do that you have to try and bypass the most annoying, stupid game mechanics of all time. So like you said, a spray can appears. You've got to uh, avoid the dancing faces, you know, like there are in uh, lungs or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And Anyway, it doesn't matter. I have them in mind. I spent more time in the toilet, rowing a boat and throwing toilet roll at a tap. And generally, and that's actually what I went and did in real... (laughs) so this game actually made me just get in a boat go to the Lemai River and i just started throwing toilet roll at people and you know I turned into a monkey for an afternoon just flicking poo because this game just makes you into that it's just so it's stupidly 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 hard to the point where it's just yeah. straight you can't die in this game nothing kills you really you just end up going back to the toilet it just sends you to the toilet which reminds me of that time when you sent that guy to the toilet at that barbecue party that we were at when he was really annoying you just kept telling him he needed the toilet and in the end he did it reminded me of that this game just me. Me to, the, it, send me to the toilet <laughs> as weird as that sounds it was it uh, and okay so graphics eh, everything else and
1: it just it just didn't there were eh, graphics were. i didn't know what i was doing in that bowel section because i kept sending the toilet roll back up to clog the tap and then it would go and then the bowels would drain so so slowly and then the toilet roll would drop down and every drop that dropped out just put it back up to where it was like i couldn't make any progress
2: yeah the idea is you're meant to get the water filled up so you can actually go to the top of that i think i don't i genuinely i don't know i didn't spend a lot of time i flitted between those two areas i seemed to die go back to the first level i was on i thought you're supposed to drain the bouts. i don't i don't know but then i went back to the other level and got tried to get a yeah. spray can and got and just flitted between the two i youtube the other levels to see what they were like i didn't get very far to in the game to look at so i just got a quick youtube to see what they and they were all the same stupid logic and nonsense so graphics in this game uh Okay For this type of thing nothing, There's nothing special about them They're just okay Medium res sprites That bop about The levels look alright But it's stupidly difficult prevents you from enjoying it And it isn't Rob Hubbard's Finest finest hour With the music It's twee It's it's annoying There are better In-game music In it And as a theme Of tunes They are of a good theme They are nothing To do with A dancing germ Trying to infect A human being <laughs> to death Though <laughs>
1: no,
0: um, which, is,
2: which tells you really Because if you think Of the way Rob Hubbard Tends to score the games He tends tends to go for something that at least has a representation of the game. Zoids is big monsters and and we've seen that with other games of that type, if it's not doing a straight, you know, arcade sound conversion, generally they'll it'll find a theme for the game and they'll construct sort of sounds and, and a thematic around that. So this I think is music that he had in the background that he'd probably never meant to really release. Um, and then uh, they came to him and said, you know, we've got this game, Jerry the Germ. And he looked at it and said, that game stinks more than a sewer. I have this piece of music that I hate. Um, and he got paid for it. And I think that's as much caring, due care and attention as you could say. I don't know what Robert Hubbard feels about the Jerry the Germ music. I have a funny feeling he, it's not one that he mentions he talks about the music when I met him he talks about the music war a lot and stuff and all other stuff he never mentioned Jerry the Germ I suspect it's probably something he's Why forgotten he did you? well exactly um, and because he didn't mention it I, gave, I I ordered him an honorary stink plumber because I felt like <laughs> no I didn't really no just just forget St- this game well, exists or
1: did you stink no <laughs> not
2: no, do that we should, no no but so, do you know what uh, forget this game exists and you're not going to be going yeah. far wrong in life because it's just it's a shame it's a shame because the music does have a it, it's just the wrong music Music in the wrong game i think in the right game with a good game this music might have felt better because this game's crap it makes the there's no saving that game from anything other than it being annoying crap and the music is by mm-hmm. association guilty so unfortunately not for me get lost bloody jerry the Germ, you piece
1: of crap yeah bad a bad game a bad game crap game about crap yep i think that sums it up I'm yep. right there right so let's let's move on come on let's let's get let's uh Let's flush that one down the loo and move on. Whoosh, down the bog it goes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Our next one, uh, our, uh, our penultimate game. Is this our penultimate game? This is our penultimate game. This is law of the west um and next one from accolades accolade
0: accolade it is accolade
1: yeah yeah. so it's the one following on from hardball which Mm. we talked about law of the west graham tell us all about the law of the west
2: So you're essentially a sheriff in a western town and the game's sort of it's quite an unusual game law of the west and i had not come across it before to play it so i came at
1: this from quite a fresh perspective no
2: no i hadn't so the entirety of the game is in a kind of a small western uh i want to use the term western but is it frontier town or western town
1: it's a western town and you're
2: yeah. the town sheriff and there's certain the scenes are kind of played from your kind of sheriff kind of gunslinger view it's hard to describe the view but the scenes are kind of played out with your kind of hand ready to shoot uh and ready to draw your weapon and shoot and it's the
1: camera's just behind your hip isn't it
2: yeah so it's just behind mm-hmm. your hip and the characters appear in the screen and you can di- you can have a dialogue with them you don't have to just shoot them arbitrarily you don't have to shoot anybody the idea of the game is that you can have discussions with these different characters and um, there's actually an adventure in there so you can sort of figure out your way through the adventure and you get a selection of responses the actual dialogue system is similar to something like mass effect where you mm. have presented with options to a response so they say something a bit similar in some ways as well to the lucas arts uh, later games the the scrum yep. games so similar to that kind of idea and if you get the notion that this conversation is going to go south at some point you can just pull out your weapon and have a shootout Sometimes the shootout can happen because the character responses might lead you down that road and you have get a crosshair so it appears and it's quite a nice animation when he pulls out the gun and you can Mm -hmm. just either shoot them down or you have a bit of a shootout. And if you get shot, you don't die, you black out, you get the doctor out and then you have to go back through the sort of iterations and stuff like that. So... Goal of the game, I think, is to make it alive to the end of a day, to the end of a full day mm-hmm. with all of these encounters happening. And if you wanted to, you could just gun down all the characters in there, but you wouldn't get a good score in the game. The idea of the game is just to try and figure out the little clues that people say and try to make something of that. And you know what? I really liked this game. I thought it was really unusual. It came at me completely. Now, bear in mind, that my previous experience with the Wild West games has not been great, which was jumping, <laughs> over, jumping over horses and shooting at things. So this totally, totally Shoot, threw don't me. Don't shooting ducks. And shooting them annoying... Ah! Do, I'm known with that horrific <laughs> sound that I mentioned. I actually, this was such a refreshing difference. And the way it looked, the way it played, it made me laugh the way some of the characters kind of shuffle in, it has a LucasArts humour about it, even though it's not LucasArts there's elements to it like that, and there's a mm-hmm. genus of that kind of um, point not point and click adventure, but point and click at the text adventure and choose your responses carefully, so it had a kind of Monkey Island Maniac Mansion heritage vibe about it, even though they, I think it might predate those, but it had that vibe it's all controlled nice and easy from the joystick once you draw your weapon, you get across there you can target the people to shoot and do all of that, I think I shot more people than I questioned which is not a great sheriff really Um, but I really really enjoyed my time with this game I think it benefited from it being on a disc so it was benefited from being on a fast loader I can imagine I don't imagine a version of this where it would work in any other way but I really enjoyed it from a graphic point of view, really ingenious, clever, nice animation, s- simple but effective uh, layout and the way that the pl- action played out. From a gameplay point of view, genuinely innovative and unique and you could have multiple attempts at the game and get different responses and play it out differently. I really, really like this game and I'd encourage anyone to sort of play it. And it's not like it's, this is a very early pre- precursor to many games that come later down the line where you can choose multiple responses and respond and choose whether to shoot someone or not. I mean, that is a Mass Effect, it is Red Dead Redemption, there's Obviously, scaled down massively in graphics and all the rest of it. But mm-hmm. you know what? The genesis of an idea and, a, and an acorn that's been planted is there, and I think *Law of the West* ably plays that out. It got a mid-to-average reviewings zap, which surprised me. But I suppose it could be argued that it gets quite samey over time. It's the kind of the same thing a lot. But I, I enjoyed my time with it, and that's uh, and that's saying something because I don't generally like these kind of games and western games. But did you?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I really like this game. I did play it back then, and I did endure the taped version. Ooh. But, but, and I seem to still have nice memories of it, so I don't think it annoyed me that much. I think it was quite a fast loader. I noted, <laughs> I, did, I, I did two playthroughs of this, so the first time I played it through properly, and I was actually quite a, quite a good sheriff. I made the, the first guy have a drink. I calmed him down. I annoyed the barkeep, though. I, befri- I befriended the Mexicali kid. Doc then told me that the Daltons were going to rob the bank, but I didn't notice, and I got shot by them. But mm-hmm. the doc saved my life, and I got a handy plaster... I tried to get the guy with the shotgun to share it, but he left. Then the little kid told me about the bank robbery and I stopped it. Uh, I ended up taking Miss April to the hoedown. Managed to get her to not go with the dock. Bored the gambler. I sent the deputy to the train depot. <laughs> Which is weird. They cut. I mollified Bell the Rustler and then Bub shot me, but it was just a flesh wound, and that was all right. And this is the thing: none of these, none of these, apart from uh, the the two bank robberies, none of them ended up in shootout. You cannot everything can be talked down, or you can have conversations that go in a different way. This isn't about shooting people. My second playthrough, I shot everyone before they even got to the uh, conversation. <laughs> Because you have that complete Murderer. freedom, including the small child. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. But it was the Wild West for a reason. Yeah. All it says was, you're quite quick on the draw or something. Something like yeah, that's yeah. the only bit of text you get. Now, the thing was, when um, it finished, my score was a lot less. My f- my first score was 2,582, whatever that meant, and I got a load of stats. My second one was just a load of tombstones. <laughs> this <laughs> my stat, which was great. And, and it's that this game has that level of freedom to it mm-hmm. that you can just gun everyone down gun everyone you can be an absolute ass like you're saying about mass effect you can be the renegade you can be the or dick, you can be the uh, or, or the paragon you didn't can you do go, those yeah you can you be go an absolute through the entirety ass.
2: of mass effect punching everybody in the face was that yeah you that
1: did yes that? yeah i've done i've done <laughs> multiple playthroughs yeah and i've done a, a, a playthrough where i just was the absolute picked the worst response constantly <laughs> just to get my glowing cheeks oh <laughs> uh, yeah you've you got it. i did the same in fable as well so another one you could do it in, and ended up with like big big red horns and and stuff yeah but this game is a really early precursor to all of those and you're right it it does look you know graphically it's really nice Mm. it keeps it nice and simple it's it's clearly you know it's character graphics i think by the looks of it but the backgrounds the way that they change also as well if you do play through it a second time the backgrounds are randomized it's not always the same stuff that same character don't always come out in the same place which is quite nice i like the little I don't normally like single single colour sprites but those little single colour sprites moving about in the background they yeah. kind of work because it's almost like they're in silhouette so that kind of you know everything works the same person I can't remember her name but the same woman I think the woman did the visuals for Hardball as well and PsyOps so right. it's the same person doing the visuals here so clearly a very talented artist very. for the C64 because the visuals in this are, are great and I, I, the character on the you know they're the coming out and the animations as well if you do shoot them there's some really nice animations and the falling down and stuff it's It's a thoroughly enjoyable game in the way that... I mean, you've got, I think there's 12 12 different um, conversations to have. Each one can go in multiple different ways. You can learn about bank robbers. You can stop stuff. There's loads of different variations. None of them, you know, sometimes you, you just might get killed. And it's if you don't befriend the doc, he won't save you if you get shot. So your game can end quite quickly. But befriending him, he'll be like, no, he'll he'll get you out of it. And I was worried at the second time when I got shot, because when Bub shot me, that because I'd convinced Miss April to go to the hoedown with me and ditch the doc, that he was going to uh, send me to boot Hill. But luckily he didn't. He saved me, so that was all right. I Yeah, I think this is a great game. I'm surprised you'd never played it. I thought you might have played it back then. Yeah.
2: No, I genuinely, I didn't. It's a real surprise. I think it's
1: it's one that again I know of it, but I don't see it in in the conversation very often. I don't see it mentioned very much, and I no. think it deserves a bit better than that. I think this is a real again one of those games that's doing something that you will see a lot more of as games evolve.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: and this is this is this is very very clever and very good. I, I thoroughly enjoy this. It's do, again it's doing something different. It, it's playing to its strengths and it's doing it well. And yeah great game i loved it that was great
2: i agree completely nothing to add to that other than definitely one i would recommend some people go and check out i like these games this is one of the great things about doing this podcast that you come across these games that have the early the early ideas in them that later on you see expanded and there's a lesson for any games creation students that may or may not be listening to this podcast there's a lesson here about how to create branch narratives and how to create those things because they were doing it 30 plus years ago and it's an effective way of being able to you don't need to have lots. Lots of complexity in games and lots of complex characters interweaving. You just need to have some choices to make that have consequence. That can be a game, and this proved it. I really, really, really liked it. I had such a fun time playing it. I really did.
1: Yeah. Whoever wrote the dialogue had a real knack for good little yes. single line, because some of them are just, actually did make me genuinely laugh. Yeah. And that's very, very rare, especially back then. I mean, I can't think of many games that make me laugh for the right reason. No. There are many games that make me laugh for the wrong reasons um, around this period, but actually genuinely making me laugh with a line of dialogue was is is quite unusual. No, I, yeah. What manages it?
2: Lucasfilm Games, yeah. Zach McCracken, actually is the first game that had me properly belly laughing at some of the dialogue that's in that. But there's a pedigree to that. It's the the Schaefer game, isn't it? So it's the pedigree to. Think so, yeah. So there's a pedigree in there. But you know what? This has got it. This does have that. You're right. You're exactly right. Right down to the sort of you know the idea of dueling that you get in Monkey Island. There's you can see there's there's heritage in this game. It does have that. I really really liked it, and I'd recommend anyone to go and
1: have a go. Yeah. It's, Where, good. It's, it's worth like, a shot of anyone's time. Absolutely, you can do a lot worse than. Uh, you can indeed. You could play Jerry spend, the Jerk. Spend your sp- spend your oh god. Don't do that. Yeah, exactly.
2: Play Lord, of the West. play Lord of the West. Have a good time, or go and wipe your ass with a piece of sandpaper. <laughs> That's the same as playing Jerry the Jerk.
1: <laughs> it, it is very similar to the game we're going to talk about next. Oh, let's move on. Dear me. <laughs> to our final? game for this episode a game of uh, a game of two 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 sections two things shall we say <laughs> one being the game and the other being the music we often do this and we find this with a lot of stuff on the c 64 we'll find this as time goes on there will be a lot of games where we absolutely adore the music but the game is garbage and this is one of, and we've Jerry the Gem didn't even have the good music but this is one of those first ones where the game is bad but the music is amazing and that game is Comic Bakery. So, I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's a it's a game that feels to me like a delivery device for Galway. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> one of his standout title tunes because that title tune is amazing. It's an astonishing piece of music and it's an original as far as I'm aware. It is one of his own. It yeah. isn't a cover. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's, own game. It own so music. it's it's his own tune. Something. And it is brilliant. I love the title screen tunes. That's shame the game is garbage. I don't know. Is, is this an arcade conversion? I couldn't quite work out whether it wasn't, it, or is an original? So. I don't. I couldn't find an arcade that was
2: Comic Bakery. Was it not?
1: Okay. I couldn't find well, one. Okay. It, lo- it looks and feels like an arcade conversion, a rubbish one. So what's Comic Bakery? Comic Bakery. <laughs> okay. Um, raccoons have invaded the bakery and keep turning off the bread making machines. There are three of them in the first level and you as the comic baker have to run back and forth left and right and essentially just running to the switches and turn them back on. You have a stun gun which you can stun the raccoons with which allows you to boot them off the screen but this does no use because they just come straight back on. I'm not quite sure if they're trying to steal the bread. There's a raccoon up on the top which you can stun for like the minimum of about a second. It's a 2D It's a 2D game. You run back and forth. Now my notes on this got quite quite detailed because I put... As a slave to the bourgeoisie, you must run back and forth to ensure the machines keep getting turned back on, so the rich have enough bread to fill their faces with. It's capitalist propaganda. <laughs>
0: Heavy.
1: <laughs> Heavy that's where, this, that's where this game led me. <laughs> Whoa. And I put, okay. it's, also, it's also not very. It's also not very good. <laughs> Being a bit bland and dull, and not much to it, and even Galway's tunes can't save it. It did feel like you were just like some work, work guy sort of thing. We just had to make bread for the rich people, and you're just running back and forth, and that was your that was your job. It was produce bread for so people could eat it. Every now and again, you'd get a, a weird shot of people eating bread in a cafe. And then you would be back to more machines and more raccoons and more bread making. I mean, where, was the, where was your where was your assistant? Why were you the only one in there? I didn't. There's lots of problems with this game. And I didn't like it. What did you think? <laughs> <laughs> this felt to me like it was the arcade
2: game that never was. Yeah, yeah it, it, feels is, arcade. It, it, it does. It, there's no doubt about it. It's it's a Konami game under its hood somewhere in there, and it was an MSX conversion. I don't know much about the MSX, but it was an MSX conversion, and i on the one hand and we said this about um about doughboys in there there is somewhere hiding in there is a good game the idea of something of a of a factory of stuff happening and you've got to sort of run around switching the things and stopping the keep the production line going that's a very arcade idea Um, and later down the line there's a game out for the ps4 where you've got a i forget what it's called but you've got a same sort of idea you've got to cook burgers and you've got to cook meals and they they keep coming out on a conveyor and you've got to keep producing them and outputting them overcooked yeah so there's an idea, there's an idea in there that is in the right hands and in the right way quite playable. The sad thing here is that it just misses the mark. I think because parts of it don't make a lot of sense so why raccoons don't know they don't really look like raccoons anyway why would raccoons be eating bread anyway i don't it's just and it, it, it doesn't really matter the logic of it just it doesn't feel hugely fun to play because you just end up really just touching things on and off and just praying that your bread gets to the delivery truck at the end and then it's just more and more of the same so it's an i think it's an arcade idea that never got made into an arcade for those exact reasons it's a bit like that really it's a bit like that bouncing babies game where they come bouncing out of the hospital window uh, and arcade yeah game and you've got to bounce them across to the ambulance and then when they get enough babies in the ambulance it drives off and then it's like level 2 and there's more bouncing babies, I get what it's even got it might be called bouncing babies I don't know. But it's got, it's that kind of arcade mentality so it's it's do repeat and hindrance and you either like that or not. It's just a bit late in the day for that kind of game on the C64 this is a 1982, 1983 kind of idea, not really a 1986 mm. kind of idea. So the game itself is a letdown and just becomes difficult and annoying very quickly. The music on the other hand is interesting. Now I like the music for Comic Bakery. I think it's a genuinely great piece of opening music in that open level. Now, would I put that music to Comic Bakery? No. That, no. The, the music doesn't suit that game at all. It's a it's a terrible mismatch. But do you know what? I'll settle for a terrible mismatch and I'll listen to the music because it's great. The rest of the, the music is a genuinely nice piece, That is kind of but it's kind of slow, methodic, almost guitar solo-y in places. Quite a nice theme to it. Totally not running around a bakery trying to stop raccoons from stealing bread or croissants as it is in the, the other version so the music doesn't match the game which makes me think that this music wasn't for this game so no, it'd be not. interesting to have a conversation with Martin Galway and ask him about the comic bakery music and ask him the genesis of that because I don't think it was really meant for this game now why it ended up getting used for it and who knows why maybe it was just uh, something that had to happen I don't know the game lacked something and I think it just what it lacked was it was released at the wrong time it was too late and the music yeah. is just something that managed to really people remember it for the music they don't remember it for that game and that tells you everything you no. need to know about comic bakery and the scoring zap of 35 is is adequate and i think because 895 is a lot of money to ask for that a lot of money yeah, to ask for, especially when there's other arcade conversions and games cheaper
1: i mean it looks quite nice the yeah, graphics yeah. are quite but big bold and bright and that's why i thought it was i thought it was another one in their wave of sort of arcade conversions that we get like look at Yakuza yeah, kung fu we've got green beret coming down the line comic bakery seems to yeah. fit into that yeah
2: and i think you're right and i think do you know if 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 it was lined up with Tapper at the time Tapper came out, then you might say, actually, you know, there's a a place for that next to Tapper and games like Tapper where there's that arcade one screen or small scrolling screen methodology, switching switches on and off. There is a place for that. But Mm -hmm. it's not 1986 in April when you've got all these other games that have been coming before it with more complexity. Just it's out of time. It's out of its time. And I think released way too late or should perhaps never have been released. It's certainly an odd conversion from the MSX to the Commodore 64. I don't believe it made
1: it to any of the formats, but I could be wrong. Yeah, well, shouldn't have done. No. There we go. No. There you go. No, it's, it's, a, it's a, I always thought Comic Breaker was a weird one. You, it was kind of one of them games you kind of wanted it to be you wanted it to be more and better than what it was because of its presentational style. But the it's all, you know, it's a nicely cooked, it's the Griswold turkey. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it looks nice on the outside, but when you cut into it, there's nothing there there's nothing but there. bone just, and gristle. It's too dry. Yeah. And
2: yes, you're exactly right. And I think the trappings of uh, lots of fancy packaging and everything else might have made it sell a few, but um, it wasn't really going to sell it to me and you know what I, it's funny i suddenly remembered i remember listening to the music for Comet bakery hearing all about the music for Comet bakery i'd never played the game up until we did this podcast so did you not no i i never no. had i just i just i think and i think because somebody back in the day had said to me oh the music's great game's crap and Probably of course and probably and then later down the line of course you don't need to you don't need the games to listen to the music with modern technology do you, you can just uh, download them and listen to them while you go. so i was aware of the You're music fired. way more. i was aware of the music way more than i was aware of the game thankfully what a shame though shame good music nice video shame about the song or should i say nice yeah. song shame about the video so not very good
1: indeed indeed right there we go that's our last game of this episode let's move on Now, because we've got we've only got a couple. Crapverts are getting better. Well, adverts are getting better. Crapverts are getting less. I think so, wouldn't you? We've got a couple of uh, adverts to look at. A couple of crapverts before we before we round off this episode. So let's let's move into them, shall we? Let's move in. Our first one. We'll be looking at this game uh, next week. Um... <laughs> And it's the most boring advert. It's so boring.
2: Yeah. How to make football a football game. Boring. Boring. How to make it so, supremely boring.
1: So this is the official FA Cup game. I'm pleased to notice that the recommended retail price is seven ninety five. and obviously it's it's sponsored by England because it's got the three lions. I know you're asking who was in the England Cup. There's obviously Brian Robson holding the FA Cup above his head in a very small picture in the middle. (laughs) It's like, couldn't you have made that bigger? In the background, so there's a massive FA Cup wording with yellow and red drop shadow with a silhouette of the FA Cup taking up most of the page in orange in the back, and the rest of it's just white with lots of text. It's so boring. There's yeah. so much you can do with football to make it be interesting. Yeah. So much. Feature of ball. <laughs> Not Brian Robson, it's only Brian Robson from the neck up, it's not even all of Brian Robson, and that wouldn't necessarily
2: appeal to every football fan at the time, would it? Because assuming that he's holding the FA Cup and they won it that year, and whatever team he's in, he's Manchester United, Brian so, Robson, and so I would have been like purr, purr. that's what I mean. So, you know, the players that aren't into that particular image are going to be spitting on it. Why is the England, little England lions, three lions thing on there? Is that something to do with it? I think that's the symbol for the FA. All oh, right, okay,
1: well, it's all there. But what gets me is Tony Williams, celebrated author of. League Club Directory and FA Non-League Club Directory. This None of this is selling anything to me. No, it's boring, isn't it? He's provided authentic, up-to-date home and away form for a total of 124 league and non-league teams. Now, we'll come to this next week. I'm so desperate to hear what you thought of this game. I can imagine. <laughs> Do you know, <laughs> the, sen- really the sentence that gave me a chuckle on
2: viewing this advert was the, above all, the official FA Cup football game comes with realistic results. <laughs> like non-realistic results. Manchester won 47-0. <laughs> <laughs> they scored 192 goals. It was
1: strange. <laughs> but that's why the Football Association have given it their full approval.
2: Yeah, of course they have. You I mean, they've endorsed it heavily by putting a player balancing a cup on his head on there, as they? Right, OK.
1: It's just so boring. It annoyed me because I, you know, I like football you and do. I know that Football can be advertised in, a, in, a, in an interesting way. There's lots of ways to advertise the FA Cup. Yeah. This is not it. It's really no, boring and really like,
2: dull. It's like advertising the cup itself. Like that features heavily in there, just the cup. Not football, yeah. like the kicking of a ball, players diving, headers, movement, kinetic energy, fans cheering, screaming. All the things that you, when someone says football to you, all of those things that you think of, It allies all of that. It just has a picture of a, a guy balancing a massive trophy on his head.
1: And the other thing with this game is that you play, you are a manager, aren't you? So you're a manager, not a player or anything. So you could easily have had, you know, someone shouting from the dugout, trying to point, or giving a yeah. bit of, you know, a bit of emotion. There's loads of, you know, we see lots of footage of managers in the dugout with all, you know, Klopp jumping up and down or Mourinho, whoever it was back then, you know, Knight, Brian Clough or somebody could be giving it a bit of aggro and what have you. Something yeah. image like that would have been like, oh, you know, that gives the sort of feeling that there's the, a yeah. There's a sense of passion and drama. Yeah, choke slamming a Sun reporter to the ground.
0: <laughs>
1: any yeah. of that. Any <laughs> of would that. Be way better.
2: All of that stuff.
1: And why orange? For a silhouette.
2: Yeah, you know, an, an, orange, <laughs> an orange silhouette's weird, but to put a yellow and red FA Cup on top of that, it makes
1: it feel kind of Mexican. It's
2: like... <laughs> da, 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 da,
0: da. Mexican, it's F- fa-
2: it is the FA, <laughs> FA
1: Cup, senora. Uh, and also as well, I mean, it just does look... It's never good to put it that way because it does look like a fuck up.
2: Yes, it does look like a massive <laughs> fuck up, is not it?
1: And why, why have
2: the... Because it makes me laugh because they've got the official fine and they put yeah. it in a blue box. All right, you know what, do that if you're going to do that. And we've got a nice... Set Shareth font in there a little bit, so you've got the little, you know, it's the Times-ish font in there. Okay, fine, okay, I'm over it. The FA Cup is just not explainable in any typeface <laughs> conversation <laughs> we're that about game to have. Bit. The game's just kind of—it's like a—I want to say—is that—is that meant to be a like a football scarf of some description? Or is I that think like it a, might be, yes. So they've just got the word game. I want a scarf that just says game, and I want <laughs> football supporters who support Manchester <laughs> United all to go to the <laughs> late next game with just the game scarf. Game, game in wh- in, w- in white yeah just in white you're not supporting anything other than the game the word game yep. um, and when you do view this because uh, the adverts all go on the website uh, to zapthepast.com you can view these all these crapverts and you'll see what we mean I want a scarf with the word game on. I'm going to find a way of making yeah. that happen. don't but, look yeah. at
1: this too long though because you will literally bore yourself to yeah, death yeah
2: it, is it, you right my eyeballs have already just fallen asleep themselves I'm trying big blinks let's
1: move on to the next one because the next one is going to make them widen oh busy <laughs> So busy. It's gonna make them widen with that uh Miss Piggy. <laughs> it's just oh. <laughs> wrong. What, what's going on in that Miss Piggy and Return to Oz advert? It's the just walk. everything's weird about that advert. Why? <laughs> just just
2: you know what? Just
1: don't Can, make you, can games you explain to our angles. Listeners what we're looking at here?
2: So what you've got a, at here? so I think it's
1: an advert for
2: Boots, the optician's Boots the chemist, I think, which is a pharmacy yeah, it so it's a pharmacy behind this advert bizarrely enough you've actually got an advert for i think three games there's donald duck's playground electronic uh, so it's, it's some kind of muppets game i can't even see what this i think it's a story maker muppets electronic story maker and return to oz that's coming soon though thank god <laughs> and all of the games in this advert its an a, if you imagine an A4 poster turn your head 45 degrees to the left as if you've got a crick in your neck and that's the angle that they've drawn all of these at so all of the text all of the imagery all of the tech everything apart from the boots logo is at that 45 degree angle from sort of left to right so you've got a mishmash of fonts that are hard to read. This is apparently for a new generation of children, which is kind of shouted at you. Then it says a new generation of software from, and then it, I'm guessing boots, but at the bottom it says kids in some really weird writing and US gold and also is down U- there.
1: US gold, yeah. Yeah. It's in, in still in that weird 45 degree angle.
2: Yeah, it's all at that jaunty angle. So... And then you've got some text at the bottom with the US gold address is not in that. It's actually straight. Then you've got, so you've got to try and read the angles of this text. So it your neck trying to do it. Not only that, but they put it in microscopic, tiny writing, which is nausea inducing so if this if you didn't get a stroke from trying to crick your neck you're definitely going to get one by trying to strain your eyes trying to read the writing about what the games is so i'm actually i've got it zoomed in here and i can barely make out what these games are actually about i think on the right hand side it's just got the address in birmingham again for some reason and i'm not sure why but it looks like multiple addresses so and i think think it's because because it's available yeah i think it's available at the following store so it's a mishmash of adverts for games for kids i I guess um, because it's got the word kids at least on two of them because the Return to Oz game doesn't have kids on it now. Return to Oz is based on the film Return to Oz, so it's got TikTok and the characters from that in
1: it. Ish. Hang on, hang on, hang on. It's got it's got representations of those characters. That that, that lion. Yeah, yeah.
2: So <laughs> he's had a he's had a stroke, the lion. So you can't quite make out what they are. None of the games have screenshots, so you've got no idea what they look like. I am honestly surprised. It looks to me like Kermit the Frog. Has had a stroke, and that Gonzo in the background there is looking like he caused it. Whereas Miss Piggy, I, 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 her face is both difficult to explain in terms of not sounding rude, um, but it, it's just—it's just you know what? Just go onto to and view this monstrosity yourself. I'm just horrified by the by the array of fonts on there. It's so <laughs> horrific to my eyes. Like, I mean, you've got, if you look, you've got. The kids is in a different font to the generation of children, which is different to the new generation, which is different to boots, which is different to the typeface that the general information text is in. They're all a mishmash of colours. So you go from yellow to orange, to green, to blue, to white on uh, to black on white. What a crazy person put this advert together and <laughs> thought it was good. You know, yeah. this, if, if, if there was an advert you showed a graphic designer and said, you know what, if you ever work for me, if you ever design that, I'm going to kill you and show <laughs> them the advert because it's the worst possible
1: thing <laughs> you could show. Oh, those Return to Oz characters kill me! They're just, they're I know you just get awful. annoyed at the typeface, but they're just—it's like a horror version. It's like they've been melted slightly. Jack Pumpkinhead, whatever he is, looks like something from a horror film. It's horrific. These are big licenses.
2: So Walt Disney, Donald Duck, huge Muppets, massive. Return to Oz—I wasn't a fan of the film, but it was a big license deal from. I'm guessing it would be MGM or Warner or one of the big film companies. So like that. So these aren't small fly-by-night. You know, Bob down the road has made a Donald Duck game. These are big licensed products from US Gold, but these are a cash grab. And I mean, it looks like you get two games for the price of one. Maybe with the cassette nine out of five. Maybe you get all three. Who knows? I won't spend money on them though. Um, I find you
1: notice as well on that the blue the blue stripe that's going across the middle. It's coming in out from the right of the Return to Oz one. It's like it's got its raster bar wrong. Oh yeah. It don't go up smoothly. It's no, it's like, got it's
2: got bad lines on that. Absolutely, if this was a C sixty four demo, the coders need bloody shooting. Not only that, but you know what? If I ever ever see on the, any of these crapverts again a green drop shadow on orange, I swear I am travelling in time to find the guy that had woman or person <laughs> did that, and it's going to be some kind of time based murder. No, there is no excuse for it. a green drop shadow. Green, green. I mean, that's that, that logo is yellow and green on orange green drop shadow no 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 no
1: <laughs> no oh that's amazing that advert oh it's really no. good anyway there we go <laughs> i don't even know what that one's for i, can't, I don't even know what it's for donald's playground muppets electrics return to oz and the fa cup that's our crap but it's only a couple for this episode but Awful. there's actually there's 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 three well two in there that Muppets and Return to Oz thing. Awful. There's almost two for the price of one there, which is what you get if you buy the games. And ironically enough, there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that's this episode. Oh, I love that one. It's brilliant. Okay, so what have we looked at? We've looked at games-wise. We've looked at Zoids, Back to the Future, Starship Andromeda. We looked at Rock and Wrestle, Jerry the Germ, Laura the West. And finally, Comic Bakery. We've got a lot coming up. We've got well a lot. We've got the rest of the games from issue 12 of Zap 64. We've got the rest of those coming up. April 1986. Next week, we'll be looking at things like not them all, but Phantoms of the Asteroid Gia Kung Fu. We'll be looking at FA Cup football and seeing if it lives up to the promise of that amazing advert. And we've also got to look at Master of Magic. So that's that really. That's that's us for this episode. Graham, do you want to tell people where they can find us? I most certainly can.
2: Feel free to go to zappedthepast.com uh, where you will find our website with all of the podcasts that you can download amongst other things as well. You'll then find the crapverts and all sorts of other goodies. You can also find us on Twitter under at zapped to the. You can also Google us by Googling zo- uh, com or just zapped the past. And of course, you can find us on Facebook under zapped the past. Instagram, Zap to the Past. In fact, just Zap to the Past for pretty much every sign of social media thing you can find. We're out there. Feel free to interact with us, email us. That's uh zap to the Past at gmail.com. You can communicate with us. We're happy to receive your feedback, comments, suggestions, and or other cool things. We're always available.
1: We're here for you. We play these games <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> that is true and some of them we, we really wish we didn't have to play no. <laughs> quick shout outs to Retro Asylum I'll get the name right this time uh, listen to that podcast it's very good it is uh, yeah so we've got a quick shout out there we've also got shout outs to Pop Collaborate and Listen I'll always give them a shout out because they uh, are fun very, uh, funny, are, guys. Uh, very funny guys very funny guys they are good
2: they're, um, they're recent by the way just as an aside their recent episode they've actually they've start restarted doing them again but their recent episode on the E17 album is just it's brilliant so definitely if you're yeah. not checking out for any other reason check out the 17 <laughs> episode from pop collaborate and listen because it is brilliant yeah really good it is very good yeah
1: um and another shout out to hands-on gaming that's another good retro podcast you might want to give a listen to that's just started up they've got a couple of episodes out now uh, i've yet to listen to the second one i will be rectifying that tomorrow which is on the game creatures same which is uh i understand is a good game but i've never it actually is. played creatures so good. um Came one out we'll probably get to later some in the point. day
2: on the 64 i think that one
1: it was late but their first episode was on ninja wasn't it and that was a very good episode yeah. so go with the that's hands yeah. on gaming so there you go all good stuff we recommend go listen to them so that's it that's it for this episode uh, and this week i've been adrian mills i have been graham playing snooker with Chaz and dave raddings <laughs> you have indeed i've been laura the west thank you for listening we've been zapped to the past we'll catch you next week goodbye
2: Thank you for listening to the Zap to the Past podcast. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of Commodore 64 games, as well as the music, sights, sounds and news from around the 1980s, driven, of course, by the issue of Zap 64 magazine, published at the time. We will be back next week with another podcast, so do please join us. Until then... Please head over to zaptothepast.com to sign up to our email list, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. You will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Zap to the Past. The Zap to the Past podcast is written and produced by Adrian Mills and Grain Raddings and recorded at Flaky Bits 2 Studio. All opinions expressed are those of the writers, and while we indeed love Zap64 magazine, the Zap
0: to the Past podcast is not affiliated with it in any way. Stay safe and see you next time.